What is up, people, and thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I'm your host, EJ Stewart, and I'm really excited to do this show. We got a lot of big news to discuss this week, of course. We got a lot of news coming out of uh, Warner Brothers, whether it be uh, movies or television in regards to DC. We got some news. Some news we can't even cover on the show because there's so much stuff. I know there's a cyborg that's been cast. We're not going to be able to get to that today. Uh, but there's plenty of news regarding some casting for CW shows, some uh, movie news for some movies that are coming out, some new movies that we didn't even realize we were getting were announced this week. So plenty of stuff happening with Warner Brothers, DC. We'll get to all that stuff as well as on the Marvel side, talking about some of the controversy and the continuing fallout of the James Gunn firing. Of course, if you remember, James Gunn sent those pretty repugnant tweets. I think that's fair to say. I, I think I was gonna say controversial, but I was like, I think they go beyond controversial. Those are pretty terrible tweets he did. Uh, so he was fired for that, and there's been a, a ongoing fall that included Dave Batista threatening to quit. Um, questions about whether or not they bring him back. Questions about would he go to DC? You know, Kendall, you know, clapping over for Dave Batista. Kendall was Kendall was talking. He, Kendall wanted that same energy. Last week, I I got on all everybody in that Guardians of the Galaxy cast. You did talking about how they said that they had the full support of James Gunn, and I, I questioned. I questioned that statement. I was like, "Look, I'm sure they they got their. They, I'm sure they love James Gunn, but it's not full support unless you say I'm not doing the movie unless James Gunn is involved in some capacity." And Dave Bautista surely must have been listening to the podcast last week. Yeah, maybe we got we got a new fan probably. He came out. We got to get him on the show. He came out and said those exact words, essentially, and even went as far as to say it was nauseating working for a company like Disney that would uh, let alt-right trolls determine their uh, moves. Um, now, look, I'm not saying that I, that I would do what Dave Bautista is doing. All I'm saying is I'm not going to go out there and say I have, I'm in full support of James Gunn and not do something like this. So that's all to Dave Bautista. Yeah. Because now it puts Disney in a weird spot. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Kendall, Kendall basically wanted to see them put that same energy into into exactly. into, into their jobs and into what they would actually do if James yeah. wasn't involved. And Kendall was happy to hear about that. Uh, and then later on in the show, we have a review of Luke Cage. Because we have finally watched all the episodes. So you guys who have been waiting for us to talk about Luke Cage probably thinking, what the hell? Um, we finally got to it. So... It's not too bad though. It's only two months. That's that could have been worse. We're worse on Punisher, which we've ever <laughs> talked about. So, uh, we finished Luke Cage. So we'll talk about that at the end of the show. So again, if you haven't watched it, perhaps the end of the show, maybe you you, you you shelve until later on. But we will be talking about what we thought of season two of Luke Cage, which I enjoyed a lot, um, and I'm excited to talk about that as well. So you just heard from Kendall, so I won't give him an introduction. Uh, Kendall was here, obviously made himself well known. Shamari's here as well. Shamari, I'll introduce you first by by just coming out quickly with this announcement from the Oscars this year that they will have a new category um, called Best Picture. It is a Best Popular Picture or Best Popular Movie, whatever the hell they're doing. It's in some kind of effort because there's been complaints about uh, lower ratings for the Oscars and it being too long and too boring and not enough people knowing anything about the movies that are being nominated. So, Shamari, they've launched this top, this new category of best popular, which will include movies, probably best popular actor, and all those things, and it's uh, it's believed that uh, this is for more popcorn, big budget movies like 
a Black Panther in a year like this year or like an Avengers or like um, Mission Impossible. These kind of movies that we know will eventually get snubbed by the Oscars for Best Picture will get some kind of recognition. Would you make quickly, Shamari, of this uh, of this move by the Oscars and trying to get us uh, comic book nerds to uh, pay attention to what they do? Um, well, I mean, I don't know. This doesn't really make me want to watch the Oscars. Because that's what they're trying to do. They're thinking that this is going to make you want to watch because they're doing this. Yeah, this isn't going to make me want to watch the Oscars. I think what would have made me want to watch the Oscars is actually, like, nominating those movies for, like, actual, like, staple Oscar awards. Right. Or, like, Academy Awards, you know. Um, not creating another category and then just throwing those movies in a, in their own category, basically. Right. And then nominating them for that. That's not how you're going to bring people on board. So this isn't doing anything for me. Um, do you think and, it will work, though? Do you, if it's not, it's not doing anything for you, but you think that their plan will work? This is eh. a conspiracy that Disney is working with the Oscars to do this because, of course, Disney has two major movies this year, the Black Panther and Avengers. I mean, I don't and know. If it, and Incredibles. If it does, it'll be short-lived. I don't think this is something that's going to last. We're going to really bring people on to like watch the Oscars long term at all. I, I really don't. Kendall, do you uh, do you do you side with Shamari here on this? I I look at uh this this move and I say it'll. I think people have gotten more sophisticated. Um, in some respects we've we've went backwards, but. Um, <laughs> In some aspects, I believe we've gone forward, and I think that people have gone more sophisticated to, um, at least a certain segment of people have gone gotten more sophisticated when it comes to being able to sniff out something that is, you know, nonsense. Uh, and I think I, it might be because of social media. I don't know, but I think people realize when something is not right. Like if if the Oscars would have done this ten years ago. 15 years ago, I don't know if they outraged the same way. Mm-hmm. But because they did it now, and we're more conscious of following the Academy, what they're doing, you know, knowing how these things work, uh, people, like... There have been all these years of basically big-budget superhero movies being snuck. Yeah, exactly. All these, all these years. You know, yeah. all the controversy has become, a, it's become a topic of conversation that we can sniff this thing out and I think people aren't going to be as... I think there'd be more excitement around this award if this came out 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. But now it's coming out now, and like you said, it feels like you said... It feels it, very reactionary. It feels reactionary. It feels like the Black Panther Award. It doesn't <laughs> necessarily feel like uh, like an award that they want. And I, I think this isn't something that they want to do. I think it's something that, they, that they're going to want to do for the next 10 years, 15 years, just to appease a certain amount of people. Um, and to be able to recognize certain movies that they I guess they feel shouldn't be recognized in other categories. But this year it'll be the Black Panther Award. Next year, I don't know, it'll be Wonder Woman 2, it'll be Avengers 4, whatever that movie will be. But it'll keep, there'll be a, a new movie every year uh, in this popular, I don't even know what a popular movie is considered. This, this is, this is There's no genre on it. Yeah, you could literally quantify that with like ticket sales. Basically. So uh, how are you going to vote on that? They yeah, have to have a strange. metric of like the movie has to make a certain amount of money, or something along the line. Do a certain amount in the box office. But how do you have that? Like the idea that you're gonna have that many good big budget movies is also kind of ridiculous. Like this year, I think is an anomaly. 
How are you even gonna nominate? Because like, like Mission Impossible, Black Panther, Avengers, and Incredibles are all time greats, probably. All of the four of those movies, they're all time greats in terms so of action mean? movies, right, right? Or like they're they're epic movies in their class. This is yeah. like this is like the nineteen ninety six NBA draft class. Right. It's rare that you have this. So for this year, like yeah, I'm, this is gonna be crazy. Oh, what, who? Like in this year, it, it could be compelling, but. In other years, when when what was the year? What were we gonna do when they did the Justice League year? That year was trash. There was no good movies that year. Just the year last year. Yeah, who was in that? Who was in that category last year? Yeah, Wonder Woman. Yeah, Wonder Woman came out right. Okay, Wonder Woman's gonna win, and then yeah. against no one. Marvel I'm sure had a couple movies that could have been terrible. Homecoming, I guess. Or Ragnarok. Yeah, Ragnarok. Ragnarok was good. Yeah, Spider Man. But was Ragnarok eligible? Or would it be eligible? I know the, the thing yeah, is kind of weird. Yeah, the thing is weird, yeah. And I know because Rock was late in the year. Like, Riding Rock technically could be in this category. Yeah. Maybe on how it worked out. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I think this is trash. I'm just going to put it out there. This is flat trash. Um, there are so many superhero movies that for years were great in their own right and certainly good enough to be considered for Best Picture, including uh, Black Panther this year. But the list goes on and on. Kendall mentioned before the show, Logan, of course, in that class. Captain America Civil War, Captain America Winter Soldier, The Dark Knight, Dead, I believe. Batman Beyond, huh? Batman Return, I mean, uh, Batman uh, Begins, I'm sorry. No Batman yeah, Beyond. Batman Beyond. No, no, no <laughs> Batman Beyond movie. What, what did that say, I'm sorry? No, like, Dad was the one that mentioned Dad Logan. mentioned Logan, right, I'm sorry, right. Yeah, Dad mentioned Logan. Uh, there, you know, there's so many movies that I can go for that, that, not so many, but there are a handful of movies that would say, you know what, yeah, I'd put this movie against any movie and say that. Of all the movies that came out, yeah, this is one of the six or seven best movies. The idea that someone could, that they know that their writers, excuse me, their voters and the Academy are who they are and they will look for certain movies. And so, therefore, knowing that a cultural phenomenon like the Black Panther won't get nominated somehow, even though it was widely received excellent, excellently amongst everyone, pretty much, it was the most impactful movie of any movie that came out this year. And... That is going to be ignored only because of its genre. Not because of how good it is. Not because of how it's shot. Not because of the direction. Not because of the acting. Not because of the CGI. None of that stuff is any issue. It's just, well, this is superhero. So let's just not put it in this category. We need to have a movie where some guy's in a cave for three years. Or some movie where there's, there's, it's, it's you know, uh, some period piece of World War II. It's got to be a war movie. Or something. Like, like, that's what I don't like about it. Is that every year it's... A movie looks a certain way, therefore it's Oscar worthy, and like those are the only movies we're gonna shoot for for the Oscars. There are Oscar movies who get nominated that are trash, but they just look like an Oscar movie, so therefore they always get nominated. Where there are superhero movies that are great, like the Black Panther is this year, that will get snubbed most likely only because of the superhero. So they made this up as a constellation prize, and I'm not feeling it. I think it's whack. I think it's completely whack, and uh. I agree, Shamar. It's, it make me. It doesn't make me more likely to watch the Oscars. I don't think that. I don't know what the. I don't think the Oscars can do anything to get more viewers. To me, I think it is what it is. If you like movies and you're into that kind of awards thing, you'll watch. I agree. I don't think that there's anything they could do. They say let's make it shorter and like put superhero movies in it. I don't think that's gonna matter. Maybe people are less into like, um, like movie celebrity like events like that. At least, or or maybe, like, the Oscars specifically, with, like, all this social media buzz and all this other stuff and all this Instagram and whatever, you know, stuff. Right. 
MTV Movie Awards and all the well, I feel like the Oscars have made it to. I think they've made. I mean, because of how the the thing, it wasn't always like this, where it was only like based what looked like indie movies that get nominated every year. But because of the nature of what it is now, to where the movies that get nominated are movies that you most likely didn't see. You haven't seen, yeah. You haven't yeah. seen unless someone told you this is a great movie, and then you go see it. Or right. it gets nominated for an Oscar. You say, okay, now I got to go find and see where I can find this movie that came out six months ago. That's how you see a lot of these movies. It wasn't always like that. But the way it is now, I think people look at the people that are nominated like, who the hell are these people? Or right. what is this movie? I've never heard of it before. Like, like The Rock wasn't in that movie. I watched two movies with <laughs> yeah, The Rock. The Rock was year. in five movies. And yeah. he's not in any Academy Award. <laughs> What's going on? So as long as that's their model, which it still is going to be their model because they're making a whole new category to still make that work, they're not going to get any new people. This is stupid. This makes no sense. That dynamic of The Rock being so much more highly paid than every other actor in Hollywood without having the quote-unquote achievements. It kind of speaks to how ridiculous the The Oscars Oscars are. are. Yeah. Because the studios know the value of The Rock. Right. Better than the Academy knows the value of The Rock, clearly. Right. (laughs) That's why... We don't care if he's a good actor or not. Look, shout out to my... The the people still want to see him. Yeah, exactly. Look, shout out to my homie, Peter Wangler, um, good friend of mine. Uh, but he was dead wrong when I tweeted about on Twitter. I tweeted about Black Panther, and he was like, "Come on, really, best picture?" And I said, "No, Peter. the The hustle is that the Oscars have convinced you that a movie like the Black Panther can't be best picture, and the same old movies that you see every year are the are Oscar worthy. Like that to me, like the fact that he was so dismissive was the point. It was like this is exactly the point. You're only dismissing this because." There's a certain vision of what you think an Oscar movie looks like. And there's no... Because there's no way you can tell me based on quality and impact that that's not an Oscar-worthy movie. There's no argument. The only argument is, well, it's a superhero movie and, like, it was great, but, like, how can I put it against something that's going to be some guy in Antarctica <laughs> who's living on... Who's eating fish and for ice week, yeah. for months. That's It's like... That's the only reason why you think of it. And that's the point. So, like, I just think there's a lot of people who, um, and, and, and the Academy themselves are so pigeonholed into an idea that they feel like this is going to be something that's going to work and they're going to attract people like us. I watch the Oscars every year. Cause I just I just think it's a cool event. I just think that, like, that's crazy. Like, you know, it's Hollywood is the best performances. Uh, I try to watch some of the movies. But I just think that for them, like, I don't think that making up some category that's going to include some movie that you heard of, I think people are going to look at it and be like, this is obviously, like, a cheap throw-in. Like, it, there's no way to make this look legit. It looks like like the NBA just creating like a, a second best player award because you can't give the MVP to LeBron. Or you or you want to give the MVP to LeBron. Okay, we got to do some other thing. Here's this other award. Like, it just, this is whack. So, I don't know. I, I, I had to talk about that at the top of the show because I just thought that that was ridiculous. And, um... And it, and it's a it's a it's a move by the Oscars to try to get people like us involved. And I don't think it's going to work. But we got to do guys start the show. The pretty massive news this week. And it starts with DC, and it starts with a character that I did not expect to come to the big screen. But it turns out that Warner Brothers has plans to do a Supergirl movie. So this was reported by Deadline earlier in the week. Uh, a DC is developing a Supergirl movie. There really weren't much other detail other than that. I don't think they have a director or screenwriter yet, if I'm not mistaken. I don't or know. a release date. Or a release date. 
other than that this is happening, that they're working towards the Super Bowl. I can look that up again just to confirm. But it's very interesting because we have a Supergirl television show that has done well, clearly. Yes. We're going into season four now. Yep. Um... Fairly popular. Yeah, it's popular. It has this has this following. It's done well. There are people critically. That, it's decent. People that don't watch two girls stuff that watch two girls. Right, right, and not men, especially when it started on CBS. Probably not men. Especially when it has started on CBS for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, they they attracted a lot of you know general audience people. So the idea that now they're gonna do a Supergirl movie is interesting. It's a little surprising. Uh, I'll go to you, Kendall, since you, you first talked about it. What do you make of this move by Warner Brothers to do Supergirl on the big screen? Um, uh, This is weird, man. Uh, first, I look at it from Warner Brothers' perspective, and I look at it, why they decided to make this move. I talked about, we just talked about it, the Supergirl television series. I wouldn't say wildly popular, but popular enough to where they saw, all right, this, this is a real brand that we have here. Um, enough to where, like you said, they've kept it around for now four seasons. Um, and then you look at the success of Wonder Woman, where that movie was wildly popular, and it seemed as if DC is trying to capitalize off of Wonder Woman, plus the success of the Supergirl uh, television series, plus the the lukewarm reception that their Superman has had in the movie universe, all three of those factors, I think lead to the culmination of us getting this movie, uh, from Warner Brothers side. You um, think Superman's struggles is and, why yeah, ineptitude. Really interesting. It doesn't help. Okay. You know, I think if Superman was like legit, it'd be, there'd be probably less motivation to do this. Interesting. I didn't think about that. Okay. Um, now from my perspective, one, I wonder, does this affect Supergirl, the television series? Because if it does, I mean, that's not ideal. Um, two, I don't need a Supergirl movie. Um, I mean, I don't need a lot of these movies they're making. But where does this even fit in the timeline of development? We've got, I mean, I'm not going to go through the list. We've got 16, 17, yeah. <laughs> and we'll be here for hours. But we've got all these movies that are in development that we've talked about. I mean, even just the female-led movie that they've announced, we've got Batgirl, Birds of Prey, we've got a Wonder Woman sequel. Are all those movies going to come out? Those movies seem to be being pushed pretty fast, especially the other three, or the other two. Well, yeah, the other three. Are all those movies going to come out before we even get to the cyborgs? I mean, there was Cyborg, that's our movie ain't happening, fam. There was, I was telling Shamari this week, the, the guy that played uh, Silas Stone... Uh, in the movie, was talking about how you know there were unused you know B roll from Justice League that they're going to use for or unused footage from Justice League that they're going to use in the movie, and he was saying <laughs> I was like what movie? He said they're going to start shooting in 2020. I'm not buying any of that. But regardless, if there are if there are plans to continue to do the Star Wars this cyborg movie, then we have that. We have the Flash. We have Batman. We have another Superman. All these movies. Where does all the Nightwing? Bat, the Bat Batman, Batgirl, yeah, Bat, yeah, of course. And then we have the the female movies. Where do yeah, these yeah, movies right, exactly. fit with the other movies that aren't female led movies? So that's where I don't know where 
Warner Brothers have any of this aligned. If they're going to do all these movies, we're having the Ava DuVernay's Eternals movie. Or not Eternals, uh, New Gods. New Gods, yeah. Um, it's a mess. Uh, but this isn't something I asked for. But they gave it to me, so I'll, look, I'll go see it, assuming it comes out. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I it's, I kind of feel the same way, Kendall. You know, I mean, if it, it's all a thing of if it comes out. That's really all it is. If it <laughs> it's kind of sounding like me now. I mean, I, at this point, you know, I mean, we've got like 20 things on the list. I mean, Hamada, Hamada's trying to slide. He's cutting out some of these movies yeah. like Lobo and some of these. Ones. <laughs> Deadshot. Lobo, Deadshot. Suicide Squad you know, 2. I don't know if that one's ever coming some of those, Some of these other ones, he's like, listen, this isn't coming out. You know, he's like, like he's like, I'll don't say anything on this. Like, I'll live with you. This is not going to yeah, no Deathstroke. Yeah, Deathstroke, none of that stuff, right? But even these, all these other ones that they're like, oh, this could come out. We hope it comes out. I mean, I feel like that's kind of what they're saying. And, you know, I mean, Supergirl's just kind of added onto that list. You know, if it does come out, I would like to see Supergirl. I'm not going to say, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to see Supergirl or I'm not interested in Supergirl. I'd like to see a Supergirl movie kind of along the same lines of Man of Steel. I enjoyed Man of Steel. So, I mean, I'd like to see a Supergirl movie. Um, you know, I think it would be good. I think, you know, like you were saying with the, the success of Wonder Woman, um, I think a movie with uh, Supergirl, maybe she could be like younger, you know, so it's not kind of the same thing, <laughs> right. you know, she could be like younger, maybe it could be more like, uh, uh, not millennial, but maybe like, you know, generation Z or whatever, you know, kind of like, like, like Tom, like the Tom Holland, yeah, kind of like a Tom Holland mm-hmm. kind of thing, but like it's Supergirl, you right. know? So you get the female kind of perspective. So I think you could have a lot of fun with that as well. How would you feel about the idea if we did a Man of Steel sequel where Supergirl's like introduced in introduced it? I think and like I think a co makes... star in the movie? It's basically like a mix. So Man of Steel sequel with Supergirl. I think that part. would make the most sense, honestly. Yeah, but you know, I guess we're getting a Supergirl. Movie, like so. you could even have it where. Well, it's... yeah, you could have that and then have the Supergirl movie. Afterwards, yeah, you can do both. You know, you, I mean, you that. might be able to do like a Supergirl movie where, or even Superman movie. Call it super. You can call it whatever you want, yeah. but have it where like it's the same Iron Man, Tony Stark, and Tom Holland relationship that we had, right? Where yes. he's kind of mentoring her. Maybe Cavill's not in the entire movie, but he's in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot that you can do with it, you know. But it's just, is it gonna happen? I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what it comes down to. I don't want to see this movie, really. Um, and it has little to do with the character. Well, it has a lot to do with the character, I guess. So, let me step back. So, I don't want to see this movie, and it has a lot to do with the character. And a lot of that has to do with, I think, DC doing an unnecessary rehash here. Um, I'm all for adding more female characters. I kind of, I think I think DC is, is doing something smart by making themselves the... Uh, the female having the female centric brand. I think that that's a very smart way to go. I think they saw the success of Wonder Woman, maybe unexpectedly, and they have now decided, okay, well, you know what? All right, you're gonna get your your uh, your Birds of Prey, your Batgirl, your, uh, your 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 you know Harley Quinn, whatever movie she ends up doing, or that's more of a solo movie, um, and now Supergirl in that mix as well. That's a smart way to go. I think it's a great way to go. I think that's. Uh, 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 that's good in that part. My only issue with Supergirl is, I and it kind of 
Batgirl's a little different because we, we haven't seen any Batgirl really on TV or movies. With Supergirl, I don't like the idea of taking someone who is like one of your big fish and saying, let's do a female version of it. Like, right. like to me, the, what excites me about the idea of Birds of Prey or or idea of a Harley Quinn movie, even though I'm not as crazy about Harley Quinn, but like the idea of that is at least these are more... Unique. fresh, unique characters. I know if Harley Quinn's similar to Joker, but she's very different. Whereas Supergirl is... She's a different person than Clark, obviously, and Kal-El, obviously, but it's same powers, it's same abilities. It's It could even be the same city. It could be Metropolis. She's wearing the S on her chest. It's cool, and I, and I, and like, I dig the show. The show's awesome. But when you have that show, and then you have a Henry Cavill... And we know what Superman's about. I think I would have preferred them. They're gonna do a female movie to choose someone else. Uh, I can't tell you on top. I can't tell you on top of the head who that would be. Supergirl is one of their bigger female heroes, so I get that. But I just don't know if there necessarily was the impetus, considering we have such a really good Supergirl and a and a Melissa Benos uh, and um and a, and a pretty solid show, and so little being done with Henry Cavill's character, where I would prefer to see them expand on Superman I have a before character. they start doing, uh, you know, Supergirl. Sorry, go ahead, Kendall. I have a character, a female character, that DC could use that I think could be better than Supergirl for a movie. Uh, throw a Vixen. I thought about Vixen, too. I think Vixen, and we have the TV, the mini series on CW Seed. And there's a Vixen on Legends. There, and we have the Legends Tomorrow Vixen. Um... I think that character could hold some movie. I think there are plenty of actresses out there that could play the Vixen character. Definitely. And it won't have the energy that Black Panther had, but it will certainly have, if you cast the right person, have a similar energy that I think would be, Warner Brothers would be wise to pay attention to. Yeah, like, like, like if Zazzy Beats was like, was, thinking, was Vixen, that would be that People lit. would lose their mind. Yeah. And they, they had a superhero movie where she was the lead. Like, yeah. I don't know. So that's someone I would throw out there as a possibility of having their own movie that Warner Brothers has overlooked. I just think that what made Wonder Woman special was that it was a a female character without some major male influence. I think that when you do Supergirl, it automatically makes me think, okay, well, where's Superman? I think that's going to be a lot of people's feeling and the movie could still be awesome like look everything we say about all these movies could be there's always the huge caveat of well it could just be great and it doesn't matter if yeah. Supergirl is unbelievable then I'm not I'm totally fine with it but if they're gonna give me an average Supergirl movie I would have rather they gave me something else I would rather them tried something else so I'm not thrilled I'm, I'm, ha- I'm happy we have any Supergirl movie so I'm intrigued but in terms of whether or not I'm excited about this idea I would have chose someone different I think that, uh, and I think the fact that when you have Supergirl on TV already, you have a great actress playing Supergirl already, uh, you have a solid show, and, and she's so linked to Superman, and that being such a big shadow and a cloud hanging over that character, I just think that they would have chose someone different. They would have had more leeway to kind of do whatever they wanted, whereas now it's like, well, we're going to see Lex Luthor, we're going to see... Metallo? Is it going to be Brainiac? Like, not, like, there's so much that's involved with Superman where it's like, I kind of like that, like, with Wonder Woman or, like, with 
Gotham City with uh, uh with with Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn or the Birds of Prey. Like I'm not really as focused that much on like what character connected to this person is going to be involved. I'm like, I'm not worried about you know is Green Lantern Green Arrow going to be in like Birds like Birds of Prey. Like I don't have that feeling because those characters aren't so synonymous with someone else, some other man, where Supergirl is. I understand what you're saying. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't concern me. <laughs> right. You know, like, I, I still like the Supergirl character regardless, and I think she can I think she can carry her own movie. You know, I wouldn't watch it and be like, so where's Superman? So what's going on? Where's Superman? You know, it's like, you know, um, you know, as long as they have some kind of excuse or some kind of, like, thing of, oh, Right. You know, I just this did, is happening. Right. I just feel I like that like. story is just so it's been so done so many times. Some the alien from Krypton learning her power like we've seen this with Superman a million times. Now we've now seen it with Supergirl. Like we it's not like this is something new. It's just and now it's a movie. in the movie it'll have a different I'd almost like different I'd story. almost prefer if they did Supergirl like they've done on the show where it's not an origin story. I don't know how you do that. I think, I think, I think it'd be better for War and Origin story because it'd be different. Like if it were an Origin story, if Superman, like if Henry Cavill, was in the movie, like Tony Stark was in Homecoming, like it would have a totally different feel than the show because the show Superman is like barely in it and it's it's, it's a little it's but good. We, but, but we did see a, we did see a Kryptonian origin story already, not that long ago. Man of Steel was a Kryptonian it feels like a long time ago, man. Yeah, it's but it's been a lot of bad movies since then. <laughs> I've <laughs> it's been a while and I hear you. Um we've had multiple Superman movies not Superman movies, but movies with Superman in it. Um I just feel weird if this movie comes out before a Man of Steel sequel. That's another thing, is that where yeah. what is going on with that? This, There's been no this conversation this about it at all. This slate is just a complete mess, man. Is ha- is Cavill in any trouble? Uh, he's been, he's been trying to get more money from Warner Bros. Really, I, I kind of haven't heard about that. Yeah, it's been a thing going back and forth, and him trying to get like a new contract or something, trying to get more money, trying to get a better deal. He's got a good uh, bargaining chip after Man Yeah, Impossible. Yes, he does. Yeah, so that's that's his thing right now. And I think Warner Bros. is countering that by saying we're rebooting the universe. So tread lightly, fam. We might we not. Have we might not need. <laughs> that's definitely their play. I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I ask that because then, because like I, because uh, there's been such little movement on anything involving Superman, and then I hear about Supergirl. I can't help but wonder: is there a, 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 a avenue where maybe they introduce Supergirl to kind of move on from Cavill and then reintroduce a new Superman? Hmm. That's that's yeah, it's possible. You know, you can definitely see so it confusing. that way. Like, all this stuff's so confusing. Like, yeah. just throwing it in other just Because to me, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, it, a lot of stuff with DC that hasn't made all the sense in the world in terms of at least how they've relayed the information to us. But it just doesn't make sense that, again, their most important character, arguably, may some people may not even say arguably, but they're definitely they're one of their top two most important characters. There's, like, no plan for him that they've announced. <laughs> There's no plan for the other one either. I mean, at least oh, the other one has a director, <laughs> which we didn't know for a while. We don't know who who it is or who's uh, who's playing the Batman, but we know there is at least a movie and a director working on something. Mm-hmm. It's just this movie. There's there's nothing there. 
there's been talk about, oh, we're kind of working on a script. Then remember last year there was like that rumor that oh we could hear something about Man of Steel two very soon and then nothing came out. Yeah, we've heard about like six movies since that report came out that the news about Man of Steel two was coming very soon. Yeah. So, and then now Hamada, remember this is Hamada. This is the first major move from DC since Hamada has taken over. Right. Because this is the first. This I mean I know that I guess technically the the new guys movie was the first one, but I don't really count that because that's. It's a, it's gonna have a big budget, but like that's not a huge movie in terms of the landscape of DC. This is a, the first huge where it's like, oh wow, okay, this is his first major step in terms of how he wants to create this universe. And for all we know, new guys might have been in place before he got there. That is true too. It's also interesting because we talked about smaller budget movies. You wouldn't think Supergirl would be a small budget. No. So that, that that's a little interesting, considering they pitched. Uh, I, I, I think I it gonna... should be. I mean, her stuff should be high budget, but like, she doesn't need to be fighting planet destroying monsters or like it really should be pretty contained. Or else we're gonna be asking the question: Where's Superman? Or where's the Flash? Or where's so and so? Yeah, I think to make her powers work, though, it's still got to be fairly and like yeah. a character like that. You can't they, they it can't be a character driven, you know introspective story it's gotta be action packed yeah so I, I heard a rumor that uh, with the Batman there might be a plan to go with Ben Affleck back but also cast a younger Batman a younger Batman for flashbacks and Bat and Affleck might be on as producer I saw that Bat that Affleck could be on as producer I did not hear about the whole he's in it but and and the movie There's just like, a concept that I think's been thrown out there that I think some people think might be the way they're going. I don't. I don't like that. Uh, I don't know. As a way of keeping the continuity somewhat consistent. I don't like it personally, only because that means that like the I'm gonna see a Batman shooting people and stuff, and I didn't like it the first time I well, watched it. I mean, yeah. I mean, they I can change. They, 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 I feel like they can blowing, change. I'm seeing blowing people up and stuff. I feel <laughs> like, like they I, can ignore. I didn't like that, that in Batman v Superman, and I got to see him do that for a whole movie. I mean, they, I feel like they can retcon that if they really wanted to. Well, I agree. To yeah. It's another whole other question. I mean, they kind of did in Justice League. Yeah. I think it would just be weird seeing two, two Batmans, two different Batmans. And then you're going to recast and be like, well, that's obviously a different person. You know, they're not going to find some Ben Affleck clone. No, yeah, the person that I got to find is not going to like Ben yeah, Affleck. Yeah, they're going to recast like somebody. Yeah. Use whatever that mo- crazy Marvel tech is to like <laughs> yeah, de-age yeah, him. yeah. I mean, unless the movie, yeah, it's gonna be weird. But unless the movie like is eighty <laughs> percent like in the past, and it's just Affleck like telling a story, and you could do that, he's technically still Bruce Wayne, but oh no, there's the younger version of me that just happens to look just like Jake Gyllenhaal. That nothing yeah. to do with it, <laughs> you know. They should just stick with World to DC. Just do, just say, screw it. Just cast, cast a different Batman. Yeah, then Affleck will come back in Justice League. Yeah, but who knows? Whatever they want to do, man, at this point, because they, they said... Fans don't care. Yeah, we're, you know. Some people will be kind of confused. As long as the movies are good, that's really all that matters. Are the movies good? That's, yeah. what, that's what matters at the end of the day. Uh, another big movie coming out for DC is going to be The Birds of Prey, which I feel like this is a movie that's moving along very quickly because we're getting a lot of news on it. It seems like every couple of weeks there's... You know, casting possibilities. There's 
casting rumors, there's story rumors. And this week was a, a major week, I think it come come to news. The first bit of news we got this week was that Black Mask is going to be the main villain of the Birds of Prey movie. So people who aren't familiar with Black Mask, he's a pretty major Batman villain. Um, he's a major gangster player in, uh, and by gangster player, I mean like gangster is in mobster, not player with women. He's a he's a major mobster in uh in, a major player in the mobster in the mobster in the mob game, game exactly. Game, yeah. Uh in Gotham City. So I uh he makes sense from that regard. Also, there was uh reports that there were various actresses that they were looking for to play various characters. We we didn't talk about it last week, but there were plenty of them were mentioned including Vanessa Kirby and Blake Lively and Lady Gaga who reportedly may have turned down the role. And then the story that's most recent came uh, just a couple of days ago, it might have been today, uh, about the fact that according to uh, Heroic Hollywood, Kathy Yan is looking, she's the director of the movie, is looking for a mixed race actress to play the canary role and that uh, the candidate would play a, quote, world-weary black canary who has the ability to sink. Which kind of makes a little sense now when you consider why they were looking at Lady Gaga potentially. This seems to be uh, different than anything I've seen from the Black Canary on in the canon in terms of being mixed race. I didn't even know that uh, Juliana Harkavy, who plays her in Arrow, is mixed race. Is she? Yes, apparently. Do, do we know? According to this article, do we know the mix? Um. I'm assuming black in something or Latino in something. Yeah. My guess is... I thought she was just a very tan white woman. But <laughs> That was my guess too. But... Which, I mean, there are white women that are like that. Yeah, <laughs> no no, no shade. I'm just yeah. saying that's what I, I thought. Know. But regardless, um, I feel like this has to be a story-specific thing that they're doing. If you're looking for a specific... You have to be mixed-raced... You guys be mixed race. I feel like that's like we want this to be a part of the story. Why are they talking to Lady Gaga then? Where There's the talk that, that maybe from? Lady Gaga might also have been Huntress as well. Okay. The whole you said singing was a part of this yes. character that makes you think possibly Lady Gaga would have fit the Black Canary. It might have also been they might have audible. They might have been well, can't get Lady Gaga, so we're gonna go with the the biracial character. I, that's another possibility, but um, I don't know. It makes you think that this is a specific character thing that that's her upbringing. I don't know, um, but there's nothing inherent about the Black Canary character that has to be white. I mean, no. typically she has blonde hair, but again, nothing inherently, nothing inherent about the character that needs to stay that way. And just quickly, uh, to for those wondering, well, what is Juliana Harkavy's uh, background? Because I again, I had no idea she was mixed race. Apparently, uh, on her mother's side. She is uh, African, Dominican, and Chinese. Her father is Russian and Hungarian. Interesting. Hmm. Oh. Um, this is uh, a lot of very interesting news. I'm excited that Black Mask is a villain. I think, I think there's a lot of, uh, I think there's a lot you can do there. I think that I think that that can help this movie. Um, that's kind of making this movie out to be a, kind of like a a fun, like cool like gangster almost like movie, you yeah. know, 
So the, it could be really fun watching the birds of prey take down like liter- a literal gang that's controlling Gotham. Right. That could be very fun to see. So I'm very excited about that. Um, uh, as for the whole uh, mixed race Black Canary, um, I mean, it, that does sound kind of specific. You know, it didn't even, you know, I kind of agree that, you know, it's not asking for like, oh, someone that's like, you know, you know, a person of color, a minority, a minority, that's a mixed race. That's, that's yeah, that is oddly, race. that is oddly specific. That's oddly, <laughs> that's oddly racial. Especially considering the people you know? that, again, have been mentioned, none of them are mixed race. And it's, <laughs> it's not even like, sometimes they'll say like, we're looking for black, Hispanic. Yeah, black, right. Hispanic, yeah. or Latino. You know, it's just, no, this is very a mixed race. It's individual. vague and generic at the same yeah, time. I mean, exactly. it's, it's like specific and generic at the same time. Yeah, because yeah, like mixed with what race exactly? Right. You know, they don't <laughs> yeah. say, you know. <laughs> so, so I don't know. I'm not exactly sure what to make of that. But it's interesting. You know, and you're right when you say, that, you know, nothing necessarily black canary has to be, you know, white. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is all uh, this is all good news. I'm excited for. Uh, oh, I'm getting more excited now that we're actually getting actual news on this movie. Yeah, I'm getting more excited for uh, this movie. Yeah, I'm sneakily very excited about Birds of Prey now, not because of the mixed race thing, but because of Black Mass and that we're getting more news about it. I always kind of was intrigued because I, I like all the characters that are in the Birds of Prey, um, and now Black Mass. I think Black Mass is a home run hit for a villain for this movie. He makes sense on so many different levels. And I think the main one that I enjoy is I like it, the idea of him because I think it makes sense that the threat that they're facing is not necessarily a physical imposing threat. I think I kind of like the idea that the threat they're facing is more, is more of the infrastructure of the situation than like the person individually, because I think this is kind of a movie where the females need to shine and the stars need to shine. And if you're going to have Harley and maybe a couple of female villains kind of going up against, uh, you know, the birds of prey, I kind of want to see that. I don't know if I want to see them fighting some guy for, you know, a whole movie. I kind of, I kind of like that. It's the idea of them kind of just really showcasing their stuff. I'm sure they're going to be beating the hell out of a lot of goons for like a lot of the movie. I think that for this kind of movie they're trying to do, I think it kind of makes more sense. And the idea that they're going to have to put their brains together to to kind of take down the infrastructure of whatever the situation is as opposed to like having to punch their way through it. Um, I kind of dig that. I think that's a smart way to go for this kind of movie. Uh, and it, when you're talking about a smaller budget, again, you're fighting regular people with guns as opposed to like some guy who's flying all over the place or something. Like It just makes a lot of sense. And Black Mask is just... A really cool character to me. He's uh, unhinged. He's crazy, but he is a very successful mob boss. He, ca- I think, the Black Mask character to me could be very similar to Andy Serkis's, uh Claw. Like that's how I envision this character being. Which that could be awesome if they do it like that. I see him more like Kingpin actually, but just like not as huge, obviously. But but King, but like. D'Onofrio's Kingpin is like very calculating and very Composed. measured. Well, that's true. Nothing, maybe, nothing maybe, about Black Mask. He's not as calculating. Nothing about him is measured. But he's just as much of a presence, I think. Well, yeah. I mean, his impact is Kingpin-like. I'm just saying the personality, I think, we more, could should be and could be more like Claw in Black Panther. I mean, is he as, I mean, I feel like Claw sometimes wasn't even like, you know, 
He didn't even like know. What was Not going on. he doesn't have to be that. <laughs> he doesn't have to be that that crazy. But I think he's gonna be more towards that to I me. Agree. Yeah, I he kind of has to be the way he looks. First of all, I feel like with that create like he. I mean, obviously, there are going to be comparisons to, you know, Jim Carrey's The Mask character, right. you know, when people see him, and, like, he's going to have to be a little wacky, you know, yeah. with he, the way he Black looks. Black Mask is wacky. Yeah. No question. Um, So, I I mean, I think it could work, but it's a tall order, because he hasn't been done yet, and... That's what's exciting. They're though. gonna be the first ones to do it, and they better not mess it up because there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna jump on them. Of course, saying they ruined Black Mask character, and now people think he's a trash character. But I think, and you're right, and there's a risk with that. But I think what makes it smart to do it too is that, as good a villain as he is, I'd never wanted to see him in a Batman movie. Like Suicide Squad messing up. I see what you're saying there. Like you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there's so like I like there was no thing like I need to see Black Mask. It would have been like if they would have did a black. I kind of would be disappointed. If they would have did a Black. I don't know Mask. why we haven't gotten Black Mask on Gotham. That I agree. That makes. Didn't we no kind of get a illusion to Black Mask yeah, at some got, point? Yeah, yeah. Where someone was, was wearing like a black mask, and they were like, they didn't call themselves a black mask, yeah, but they kind of were. Yeah, there was there was a black mask Easter egg in there. I guess <laughs> they, they they've done everything. Probably season one. Um, and just quickly in terms of the mixed race, uh, Black Canary thing, you guys kind of said it all. I agree. Like, there's no reason that the Black Canary has to be, uh, white. The mixed race thing is a little strange. Why? Why? Yeah, mixed black race? mask wasn't Gotham. Yeah, I remember there being some kind of thing to it. I don't think he was the official black mask. Whoever, you know, I think it might have been like his son or something like that, right? Yeah, or his dad or whatever. Yeah, the guy's did, dad. Did it might have been the actual black mask dad. They did something weird. To... Yeah, I remember that episode. Uh, let me see that. I kind of want to see what the picture looks I like. I don't even remember this. Yeah, that thing that that mask is trash. Uh, <laughs> he like That's put funny. it on like one scene, right? Yeah, There's only one shot of him in the thing. But I think that in terms of uh, in terms of the 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 Black Canary character, the mixed race thing's a little interesting. It's okay, what story angle is there that makes sense? The only thing I can think of is is the Black Mask gonna be black, and maybe there's a daughter, son, daughter, daughter, father thing happening somewhere. They know who the black mask is gonna be, but for that to work, the wasn't it have to be mixed race, or, or they know yeah. who the mother's gonna be, know who what black mask's wife's gonna be, and therefore that has to work. And maybe there's something. Or if with they just that. don't feel like we don't want to make her African American yeah. fully. It's only the only thing that's a little strange about it is to me. I, I thought the huntress made more sense to be mixed race if you were gonna do any of the characters. I don't think it matters. Honestly. It doesn't matter, but I, <laughs> right, I, I, only as someone who reads the comics and like they've definitely for whatever for whatever reason have decided to make Huntress look more and more like someone who is mixed race or black. I don't know if she actually is, but if you read anything in DC now, she's very tan. Um, her features a lot more non-white to me. So I think they've definitely either started the motion or or kind of or they maybe already announced it. I don't know, but I just remember I was reading Nightwing comics. And I'm like. Huntress black now. I didn't know. Like it just was weird. So I thought maybe they would go with that route, yeah. but uh, maybe they're trying to say she's Sicilian, which that could make sense if she's not Italian because they're and, more darker. But interestingly enough, this black mask rumor apparently goes as far back as February of 2017 when there was speculation that he was going to be the villain in Gotham City Sirens. See, I don't remember that. So yeah, I don't remember that as well. But this is essentially. They may have taken that same concept of him being the villain in Gotham City Sirens, moved it on to this movie, which sounds like it's basically the same thing. They're just combining the two movies. 
Yeah. Combining the characters that they were planned on having, taking some of those characters from Gotham City Sirens and putting them into God- Birds of Prey. That makes sense. I I, I think this whole thing, I, I, I am cautiously optimistic about how this is all coming together. I like the characters. I like the villain. I got to see I, the cast. The villain pick, I think, is good. We got to see the cast. I agree with the that. The cast is very important for this. Um, movie. Super Kathy Yan is, is very inexperienced, but she the works the little the small work that she's done not small I want to say is that but like the 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 work she's limited, done so far limited step. thank you that was a word I'm not trying to say what she's done has been small <laughs> anyone trying to do any film thing Those that's an incredibly that's an incredibly tough <laughs> thing to do but her limited projects so far have been very good so I, I'm cautiously optimistic about this project like hearing about Black Mass this week I can't lie I a smile came on my face I was like wow okay. It's a very good pick for a villain, and I think it makes sense because if you wanted to say penguin for the Batman, if you want, but you wanted to have a penguin s character, this is the perfect person to do. Mm-hmm. There's no other person that would have made more sense if this is the kind of angle they're going with. And I kind of actually think he is better than penguin, like for this movie. Penguin, it just would have been a cheesy oh, birds of prey, the villains, the penguin, bird. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah, it would have been too cheesy. You and like, birds of prey. And like he's kind of, and he's kind of a joke. Like the like the black mask. Like though he's kind of crazy. Like you take him seriously because he yeah. is a murdering psychopath, yeah. <laughs> and he's a gang. He's a gangster. So uh, I think that like there's a little bit more legitimacy to like the danger to me when there's him involved as opposed to Penguin, who while we know he's dangerous, he is kind of a joke. So I I, I dig this. I think this is a good idea. So I'm excited to see what DC's doing with Birds of Prey. Let's move on quickly to talk about. This Guardians of the Galaxy situation, I don't know if it's quickly going to quickly be able to talk about it because there's a million avenues, a million developments. There seems to be developments almost every day with this situation. I've, since we've been doing this show, I've never seen a story like this before where every week I feel like we got to talk about it. Did we talk about it last week? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because that's what Kendall made the proclamation about, you know, put your money where their mouth is. <laughs> cast. Yeah, exactly. uh, so this week, there's been a whole slew of news. I would try to give it to you guys in the most orderly, po- orderly way as possible. So it started early in the week, like Kendall said, with the word of that D- Disney was not likely to use gun script. That was an early report, very early in the week, which then prompted Dave Batista, when asked about it, to say, as Kendall said earlier in the show, he tweeted about it. I'm yeah. sorry, that he would uh, he would leave. They he either want to be cut out of the movie. Or killed off or whatever, but he would leave the movie if they did not use James Gunn's script. And that seemed to change Disney's tune very quickly because soon enough, the word was that Disney was very likely to use James Gunn's script for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So it seems like Dave Bautista throwing his weight around there certainly helped. Then there's been the talk about this severance that's happening with uh, James Gunn and Disney, which seems to be very weird. They've been going through this negotiating process about what money he gets, I guess, in this package or whatever. In those talks, there's talks that he could come back to do other Marvel movies. There was some talk that maybe he could come back and actually do Guardians 3, that they would just rehire him. Then later on in the week, there's reports that that's unlikely to happen. Um, then there's also the reports that other movie studios are looking at him, one of them being Warner Brothers, DC. Uh, as we stand today... It seems like right now they're still in the process of negotiating his firing, wherever that you know details. I'm sure it's live. It's working out the money, but that at some point he could come back. There is still a campaign to bring him back. That became a little more difficult because of 
some of the new pictures that have now resurfaced with James Gunn, where uh, it's hard to explain, but basically he seemed to be at a costume party and the theme was to catch a predator. So his jokes before on Twitter were regarding pedophilia. I never thought I'd be talking pedophilia on this show, but yeah, here I am. Um, and that got him fired. And along with other things, that wasn't the only offensive thing he was talking about, but that was a lot of the themes were with that. And then he was at a, a costume party where it looked like he was dressed as a priest in those pictures, if, I, if I'm That's not mistaken. Like. Um, and the theme was to catch a predator. So I can't speak to what James Gunn was thinking in this, in, in this, in this party, let alone those tweets. It is very strange to me that you would be interested in tweeting dozens of tweets about that and then also go to a party that's themed is catching a predator. Uh, so that is where we are right now with James Gunn and Guardians. Kendall, you spoke a lot about it earlier. I'll go to Shamari first. Where do you make of any of this stuff? You can go anywhere because there's a million things this week. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> all right, I could answer that one very quick. Um, yeah, I have no idea. I mean, this is all kind of all over the place. I mean, there's still stuff coming out with these pictures now. We still have things coming out with James Gunn. I don't even know where these pictures came from. Was this more alt-right stuff or was Probably. this just... I, th- I believe it was. I think it was on Breitbart. I think that's where we broke it. I mean, I know that Breitbart reported on it. I don't know if they broke the story, but the alt-right yeah, is out just, for this guy, clearly. Yeah, they have it out for James Gunn, like, right now. They have it out for Disney. Well, yeah. Um... I mean, it's, yeah, this is just a mess, you know, I mean, it's, if, this is not looking good for James Gunn, you know, um, I mean, I know he says he's a different person now and all that stuff, and that's great, you know, but it just goes to show, like, you can't, you know, be, if, if you're going through something, you can't be posting all this crazy stuff online, you know, it's just not, it's never gonna go away, so, I mean, he's just... He's in a really tough spot. As for the Guardians movie, um, I don't want to see Guardians with no Dave Patisa Drax. Absolutely, know? I agree. Like just, just straight up, he's like arguably the best part you of the movie. You cannot get rid. He's of arguably it. the best part. So which is movie. why Disney changed their tune very quickly. Which is why I've been saying this was the move to go if you had full support of the guy. Right. Because again, puts Disney in an impossible position. You can't say, "All right, bye, Batista." Or if Chris Pratt came out and said, I'm not doing it. went crazy if yeah. they would have let Batista go. Yeah, because then now people are really saying, like, all right, James Gunn behind the scenes. They hopefully, they can still put together a good movie without James Gunn. If you affect the product, now people are saying, you're ruining my Guardians of the Galaxy because some a few alt-right trolls decided to out James Gunn, and it becomes a huge thing. Yeah, they weren't gonna I mean, it's interesting. I mean, a lot of people, because um, I was looking at, you know, when Chris Pratt, you know, of course, he signed off in the whole life. You know, I'm, I'm behind James Gunn. And stuff. Right. And a lot of people in reaction to that were angry at Chris Pratt because they were like, why are you supporting this man? Did you see his he, tweets? He, they had a very blah, carefully blah, worded you know. uh, yeah, even message. With, I, even I thought, yeah, I thought, careful, their, I thought their message was pretty yeah, it was very careful. Know, yeah. But <laughs> even with the careful wording, they're like, why are you supporting him? Yeah. People are just outraged, you know, and I'm just like, maybe they'd be glad. They'd be like, oh, well, bye, Batista. You know, why are you supporting this man? But that's the thing, though, is that I don't, I don't believe... I really, I, here's the thing about this, and I don't know, maybe and not, I, I don't know if I've even said this on the show. I don't, I don't believe the people that are outraged by gun are, I don't think they care that much about this. 
I certainly don't think the all white people do. And, oh yeah, they, and, they don't. And, and the people no who <laughs> are that outraged by it, I think, are their followers, and likely. I think there are people like us. I think the people that are about it no that idea. like have we all <laughs> when we talked about it, we all kind of thought that he should it was be fired. disturbing. Yeah, yeah, we all were like that's fireable. We didn't really argue that at all. Um, but I think the people that are like tweeting at Chris Pratt and those people, they are probably in what I've seen and just looking at Twitter, they seem to be people in line with the alt right. They might not be the alt right trolls, but they are people who follow them. You can see. The MAGA in, a, their, in, their, political, in their bio yeah. thing. Yeah, a political and when I see that, it, 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 I lose sincerity in terms of how they really care about it. Because to me, the transphobic stuff was, was certainly not forgivable at all. And none of this stuff is really forgivable. But, and, and, and there are victims out there for sure. But I just don't, I just, I just don't, I, just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to talk myself into a corner. I just feel like the visceral outrage that we see here is a little bit contrived. Yeah. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. It just, there's something about it that doesn't feel very, yeah, I mean, I mean, cause I, a lot of it, cause a lot of that I keep seeing is what if, what about Roseanne and stuff? When I see that, it's like, well then do you really care about this issue? If you're bringing up some other person that did something terrible. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like you shouldn't have to explain yourself by saying, what about this? Like, you should be able to just talk about this issue. <laughs> like, like Roseanne being a factor shouldn't have anything to do with it. So I don't know. I it feel- shouldn't be about bringing Roseanne back. You right. Know, if you want to say, like, Roseanne set the precedent for how Disney should handle these situations, maybe. But it shouldn't be about, well, if you're going to bring James Gunn back, we should get Roseanne back. That. Right, that, it's, it's like works. yeah, this isn't this isn't right. the NBA where a trade this isn't a, we're trading your garbage for our garbage. You know, yeah. this isn't that's not how this works. Yeah. So there's a some part there's a part of it that feels that just doesn't feel right. It doesn't mean that what he didn't do is fireable. I totally think it is, and, I, and what he did was terrible. But the outrage about it, I just feel like if I just let me let me put it this way: if Roseanne Barr directed Guardians of the Galaxy. The first two movies, and then she did what she did. There wouldn't be people. This many people clam for her to come back, and the people that would be out there fighting Roseanne will be much more visceral and much more serious than the people that are fighting against James Gunn. Yeah, um, I certainly think that if we're talking about the, I mean, I go back to my thing about. Warner Brothers, uh, not Warner Brothers, Disney was in, is in an impossible position right now because the actors seemingly have all the power. Um, now, using James Gunn's script, that's probably enough for them to get by uh, with a similar movie, especially if the script is done. Um, now, I imagine he would have to get some sort of credit. Yeah, uh, he will. By, yeah, it would be Absolutely. written by James Gunn. Um it's, this is just a weird play, man. Because even if you do use James Gunn's script, why can't he direct the movie? I think he's going to direct the movie. I mean, that's a, I say that's that... That's another PR or, nightmare. I thought about... Well, now, I came to this conclusion before today when these pictures surfaced. Right, right, right. So, that certainly is me now double thinking again. Because at this point now, it's like, what is in James Gunn's history? Cause a little like, cloudy, yeah. It's like, we could see anything. And that's where I was going to say... When I see that picture resurface, 
it makes me think that maybe Disney does know something that they're holding back. Now, look, there are conspiracy theories. There are conspiracy theories out there that think that you know half of Hollywood is you know out there crazy. You know, I mean, the Me Too stuff is real, but like they think Absolutely. that like you know, you know, they're predators. If you look stuff. for, if you look close enough, you'll find stuff on everybody. Is what you're saying, basically. Yeah, like there's like there's there's some underground. You know, like the Pizzagate stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, like there's a conspiracy. Oh, like oh, like, like half of them. Alex Jones conspiracy. Yeah, the Alex thing. Jones type conspiracy. Right. Yeah. And I'm not going that far, but what I'm saying is maybe there is something where Disney does know. Like, all right, they, we got rid of him. We, we, we're not going to out him as there are skeletons that we know could come out. Yeah, about that, him that we know that about we're not him. privy to, or that we don't know. Right. Yeah, like we're not privy to, but Disney, when they're billion dollar. Company, they have it. investigators. They probably know about the stuff. They probably know about stuff that we don't know about. They right, knew about these pictures when they fired him. I can guarantee you that. I would probably agree with that. Yeah. So, if that's the case, maybe it was a little too early for us to judge their decision to fire him without having all the facts. I hear you with that, and I don't think. And again, I don't think. I don't think any of us think that they that he made shouldn't have been fired yeah. or that he made they made a mistake. No, I think we all knew that they were in a fight. As soon as they did it, yeah. If if the cast fought, like Kendall said, and Kendall was hundred percent right about that, clearly because they they've already got a small win. One guy, yeah. And because of that, I think that I think eventually they'll he'll win this in the end, and that they'll bring him back. And part of part honestly, part of it to me is because I don't I don't believe in the opposition. That's kind of where I'm coming from with this. Is that I think I think. The fact that this, I think this severance things have been so slow and so oddly, like they should have been dumped. Why is this taking so long? You got fired. You got fired. Like Roseanne, they didn't. There was no weeks talks about severance and stuff. They just got rid of her. They got rid of her show. Joint was mad quick. This idea that they're <laughs> trying to create an avenue where he can come back and all this stuff. Like, I don't think they really want to get rid of him. But I think they're being reactionary. I think that they're Marvel and there's word that which I didn't report yeah, that right. Feige. Uh, and, and, and and the Marvel people have been fighting hard to, to try to get Gunn yeah. back. So, whether I don't think that there is real motivation to want to get rid of him, I don't think that even Disney really believes in the opposition. I think they're doing it just for only for PR. And when that when it's something that shallow, I think that there's always a way to overlook terrible things. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's clear Disney doesn't want to fire James Gunn. They have to fire James Gunn. Right. You know, when this, those when the, all this stuff came out, they're just like, well, there goes James Gunn. Gunn, you're fired. <laughs> you know, it's kind of just like, you know. Like, it's just like, I could, tell, I could tell you, like, who, I could tell you who the mobilizers are that would have been out for someone like Roseanne Barr if they kept her around. I can't really tell you who is, who what groups who who was mobilizing people to to make Disney's life hell because of James Gunn other than just alt-right trolls I don't know who else that would be there are people who hate what he did and think he should have been fired but are they gonna cape for it like that I don't think they would so I think Disney eventually is gonna be like alright Marvel's killing us over this thing there's petitions people really they, I, think, I think they're gonna cape eventually which I never would have said two weeks ago. And I mean, and honestly, like, um, as an example, uh, for your point, I mean, look at, like, Mel Gibson. You know? Exactly. 
I mean, he made the movie. Uh, uh, what's that movie that came out? The war movie with uh, Andrew Garfield. Mm, I, don't know. I know what you're talking about. I don't remember his But name. yeah, that movie is incredible. I actually watched it. Um, you know, and it, and it got nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. It, did it win? No. No, no, it didn't. But he got nominated, and it's like, Mel Gibson is Mel Gibson. Yeah, you know, we all like, know Mel Gibson. We all know Mel Gibson. Well, then, uh, Stuff that's arguably worse, argu- just as bad, if not argu- arguably worse than this. Hacksaw. Um, what? Hacksaw. Yeah, Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, incredible movie. But, like, it's Mel Gibson. You know, the crazy stuff that he's he's said, but it's just like... They want him to do Suicide Squad, too. Yeah, yeah, they wanted yeah. it for Suicide Squad exactly. too. I mean, these guys are these guys and are none all of us. Place. We're gonna go crazy. But that, but that's my point though. Is that like, <laughs> none of us were yeah, gonna come? Yeah, none of come us were gonna like. No, I never Warner see Brothers. that. Brothers. Yeah, like. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it just goes to your point that like, you know, these guys say and do terrible things and have to apologize and. And there, there are know. other photos out there of James Gunn at other themed parties where it's like an '80s theme party. Uh, same group of people, rock band where he's like you know in black and white looks like someone from Kiss. Like it, it could it just, just happen. be a thing it where they just, do. It was a weird. weird. It was a weird party. Clearly, right. it's not something I would be a part of. But right. I mean, there are plenty of things that I wouldn't be a part of where I wouldn't say I'm gonna guy, fire you. For yeah, it. or the guy's a terrible you, person. You can't work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so maybe a lot of the stuff is also be. I, I know I had the there the conspiracy angle, but there's also the maybe this stuff is planted in a way to make me feel like. There's some right, there there exactly. when there is really maybe nothing there, right. but it's just the news nowadays is shaped in a way where you can spin the narrative however you want it. If you put it in a certain spot at Absolutely. a certain time, Absolutely. It, it's terrible. But I'm, I mean, I'm thinking the worst about James Gunn after seeing a picture. I'm like, oh man, this guy got to he can't keep his job. Then I see more pictures. I'm like, eh, maybe there's a chance. It's just a coincidence. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying today on whatever today's date is. Uh, the 11th of August, I think that he will be directing game Guardians 3. I don't think he'll be directing. I don't think he'll be credited for the movie. You think he'll be credited but not directing? He, he won't be the director. There'll be someone else that comes in. He will he might do the script. He'll have some influence on the movie. There'll be a, a happy medium, but he'll be with another studio. What's your call on this? I got I to pick a side now. No, I just I gotta I pick, pick a side. It's just, what do you, what do you <laughs> think? I'm just kidding. Um, uh... Uh, I don't know. This is, I mean, it really depends. I mean, so much, it seems like there's something new with this every day. So Something's going to drop either, tomorrow. Either, either way. Something's going to drop tomorrow. The old James Gunn, you know, such and such found in his in his locker on the studio or something, you know, like, who knows, in his trailer, you know, or something. like. We found James Gunn's diary. Yeah, you know. His high school diary. <laughs> Boy, wait till you see what's in here. Yeah, right? They're going to, alt-right trolls are going to dump some, some other crazy info. That we, I mean, I would say he's probably going to... Um, I think they're gonna bring him back. I mean, if, if, if Marvel is put, if Feige and Marvel, when I heard that Feige and Marvel was doing so, I was like, oh, okay, they have power. They could throw that yeah, way around. If, for they're, sure. if they're just like, listen, we we need this guy. You know, if they, that's the like the the you know stance that they're taking, I think. But like, why? I mean, I know why. I mean, he's he's, he's talented. I was gonna ask the same. Honestly, I was gonna ask the same. But thing. like, Marvel has been so good with just like it kind of doesn't matter who's Filming, driving yeah. the ship. Like who's riding the bus? Like the Spurs or like the Patriots. Yeah, it doesn't matter who's out there. As long as we got Brady, as long as we got Downey, we're fine. Everyone else is interchangeable. But like they're missing like Batista. They're going to miss Batista and like a bunch of That's the problem. If it comes down to that. Well, Batista's thing was right. So far, he drew the line at script. 
Mm. We'll see if he draw. They draw a line at directing. Yeah, he won the script battle and very look, quickly. I'll, I'll 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 hedge. I said director last week. I'll hedge and say script was strong enough. Okay, I think that's strong enough. Like, I, I don't think like I think that's full support. If you say like he needs to be involved in the movie in some capacity. Right now, he could have went farther and been like, no, if he's not directing the movie, <laughs> this movie's a. Yeah. I'm not I, doing. I, it. I'm not doing nothing. That that would be like, come on, man. Like, PR reasons we can't have him. You know, doing the red carpet and stuff. <laughs> you know, I think the bad the, look. I think the answer to quickly to answer the question about why Gun. I think I think it's because I would argue that because of all the movies that they've done, maybe with the exception of Infinity War, of all the directors, he was so much more involved. I think in the creation of what this movie was gonna look like, this franchise. I feel like mm-hmm. with this, it was a lot more of give us what you got and let us. And we'll see what we, what we can do with this. They wanted to do these characters. They didn't know how they wanted to do it. And with, unlike some of these other movies where like we kind of know where you're going, you do a Scott Lang movie, you know where it's going. You know Iron Man, you know where it's going. You do Captain America. Like There's a certain level of like, okay, we see where this is going. Um, maybe Thor Ragnarok would be the other movie where it's like someone clearly, they said, we want to do something different. Like Give us an idea. And they did this. I think with Gunn, because of the nature of the characters, because of the, the obscurity of the characters when they first started, I think this is probably an idea that kind of came very much from his brainchild. And I don't think that they feel like they could probably just go to anyone else and say, all right, you know, do what this guy's been doing for the last three or four years. I think that it would be a lot harder for them. So that's the only reason. I agree. You would think that if, if anyone could move on from director as Marvel, they've done it several times. Why would they, why would they all of a sudden be like, oh, I got to... I can't leave him now. I think that's probably why. I think it has to do with the fact that uh, of all the people that they've worked with, he probably was more instrumental in the making of his movie than any of the other directors. I would argue that I, it's so weird with Gunn because I feel like he's great. Guardians 2 was very good. You know, I, I, would, I don't think it would have been a complete tragedy they tried to go to someone else to see what it would look like. Um... Guardians 2 was very much a lot like Guardians 1. I don't know if I want to see them do the exact same thing in 3. Gun right. so far has given me two of the same things. They were both excellent, but it was two of the same things. Yeah. So if there's any movie that you were going to go a different route, I would have been fine with Gun. But Gun is so he so uh he knows his character so well. And he had clearly had a vision. He's had a vision that's, gonna that's be been so that's been so well received. I can understand it, being, it's going to be completely shocked, changed. Well, that's the question. Will it be completely changed? Because Kevin Feige knows what the vision is as well. Probably, par- probably majority his vision, and Gunn was gonna maybe do a lot of the more intricate details of the movie. But we have a guy who's directing and writing, though. So much of what that movie looks like is in their head. Like it's it's hard to just find someone else. I I think it would look very. I think it might look very different if it was just someone else doing it. I know right. it's weird. Yeah. We've seen these characters now in three movies, so you would think that. Some good director could see it and be like, okay, I kind of have a vision of what I can do. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I, you don't really know because it's, it's again, when a guy's writing and directing all of his movies, could I get someone to do a Spike Lee movie? Like, could I just take, could, could I just say, yo, Ryan Coogler, like, just do this next Spike Lee movie? Like, would it look, I don't think it would look like Spike mm-hmm. Lee. Right. Ryan Coogler's great, but I can't, I don't know if he could make and a Spike unique, Lee movie. But like, Marvel's been so much. Has been so similar. I mean, a lot of the movies people talk about are very similar. And beyond that, like, we had Edgar Wright drop out of Ant-Man. We bring Peyton Reed and O-Name. And Don't Ant-Man, Yeah, Ant-Man was 
just as good, if not better, than may, it may have been with Edgar Wright. Yeah. Um, now, we don't know what the Edgar Wright Ant-Man looks like. Maybe it is vastly different. There's a reason he left. But um, I'm just saying in terms of quality. Maybe it will be different, but could be. will it be worse? I, I, think, I, I, think, I think yes, because comedy is a lot more of a margin for error to me than action. Comedy, if you not are hitting with those jokes, yeah. you're you're dead in the water. And I know this also has action in it, so it's not like it's a complete comedy movie, but yeah. Guardians, more than anything, is a comedy movie. And if they just go with someone who's just not that funny, or it's writing stuff that's not that funny, it doesn't work. Right. Mm-hmm. Marvel has had success with comedy in the past. Or That is true. So They have had it with It's Ant-Man, not going to be easy. Two Ant-Man movies. I mean, they can't bring me in. To do the movie and they be like, oh well, we're Marvel. Well, bro. first of all, they have to have a strict negotiation of of how this, well, my the contract pluck, is, to pluck you from my the contract we have. The contract is uh, very loosely uh, negotiated. <laughs> it's very loosely negotiated. Maybe a Disney New Generation merger. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> we'll talk about that. But point being, they could they could bring me in and I could I could direct the movie, but it won't be good. But will a will a can a big name guy Hollywood guy sign up to do a Guardians movie and it go seamless? Seamlessly? I think so. Let's do a quick hitters uh, on these last few topics before we do uh, Luke Cage. So, first, Batwoman has been officially cast on CW. We have Ruby Rose, who I've known her mostly in Orange and Orange is the New Black. She's been in a couple other movies as well. Uh, she will be playing Batwoman in the crossover event, and then eventually she'll be Batwoman in the solo series that they're producing in Greg Berlanti's Arrowverse. So, Shamari, quickly, thoughts on Rose. Uh, she, you know, she's playing an openly lesbian character. Rose is openly lesbian. So, there is excitement in that regard in terms of them being true to the actor, so, actress so far, true to the character. Well, it's better than this uh, that Scarlett Johansson thing where she was going to play was, a trans... Person. That was a train wreck. I don't yeah, know what they disaster. were thinking with that. You know, um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I think this is, um, you know, I haven't seen the actress. I'm right. gonna be honest, I haven't seen the actress perform in anything, so I can't comment. Really, she can't. She can look like uh, Kate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I see it there, but I haven't seen her perform. But I'm excited that we have someone that has been in such a a. Uh, Someone that is a is a is a known actress, and that has shown that she can act. <laughs> so I'm very excited about that, um, and I'm excited that we have the casting, and I think it's good that they're you know casting people that are actually you know LGBT LGBT you know, right. instead of just having someone that straight play that role or whatever. Yeah, sure. Uh, Kendall. Uh, I mean, this should be interesting to see. Um. A fairly big name, so I mean we'll see how this goes. But um, I remember there were rumors uh, way back when that what you call it, uh, forget her name, Danvers. Cara Danvers? Not Cara Danvers. Oh. Alex Danvers. I was, oh. I was, for some reason in my head I was saying Cat <laughs> Danvers. I'm like it's not Cat Danvers. Cat. No. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, the Alex Danvers was gonna become Batwoman. Obviously that fell apart, but. Uh, this I mean this should be interesting. Um, she's gonna be Alex and Batwoman. Yeah, well, no, not the same actress. I mean, like, 
I mean, I could have mentioned this last time we talked about Batwoman, but there were people that felt like they would make that character into Batwoman. Oh. Somehow. I don't know. It would have been weird. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, I mean, this. I think this could be good. Um, fairly big name actress. Uh, this show has a chance to be uh, very groundbreaking. So um, we'll see her performance on the, the crossover before we get a chance to see her actual show, and we'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah, I, I again, I've, I've seen her Orange is New Black. Um, the character she's playing in this show, I think, would probably be very different than her character in Orange is New Black. She plays kind of like a pseudo love interest to one of the main characters. Rose, she's, I think, she's kind of a green actress. Uh, she, I don't think that she's someone I, who I would say is like super experienced she does a lot of other things she's in the movie music she's in the modeling i think i would say that this is probably going to be her biggest role i did not see her in john wick so i'm not sure how good she was in that she's which, in the movie too uh the meg she's you in the both. meg as well or it's two and three so it seems like these she's starting to get her bigger john wick two and three yeah oh, i've only saw the first one um so it <laughs> seems like she's starting to get her bigger roles now um the three hasn't come out yet three is in 20 yeah three is coming out right yeah. two came out this year um so it seems like she's now, like, this is, like, her moment. She's getting these bigger roles. So we'll see. I think in terms of her acting, I think she's okay. I think that, I think she's someone who needs bigger roles for me to really make a strong stance as who she is. I mean, she's a, uh, she she has some talent. She's a very beautiful woman. Um, So I like that, again, that they're using an LGBT character. She has a very interesting look to her. She has a lot of tattoos. I don't know if that's uh, something they're going to try to incorporate with uh, Batwoman. Um, the one thing about Batwoman is that because a lot of people don't know much about her, there's you can take liberty. You can take liberty. You can kind of do a lot. Uh, Which is why I said I would make her like Batman. Um, but just what do you mean like Batman? You got to elaborate on that. You make her well, like Batman. Well, I just make her like I just make. A female version of Batman. No, that's whack. You don't want that. I mean, not Bruce Wayne. Like, not like, oh, she's rich. She's, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in terms of the character, which that is probably what they're gonna do. Um, I to ex- probably I be very that. similar to Batman. Yeah, I, expect that to I expect them to do that. I, I don't want them. I hope that they kind of do make her a little different. I, there are nuances to her character that's very different than Batman that I appreciate. Uh, I think DC's Batman type of comics have done an excellent job of like showcasing that it's the really first comic book where batman and batwoman are kind of working together on anything and you see like how she approaches the the fight to save gotham different than batman because of her military background um it's really very nuanced and very well written i think that's something that could certainly be used in the arrowverse uh i could imagine seeing so her with someone like diggle and a crossover really being a really good pairing um i, I i'm i'm excited for it i think that there, I did see a couple people do some eye rolling when it was Ruby who was announced because, uh, you know, Ruby's a big name in terms of out uh, actresses in Hollywood or, you know, working in television and movies. I think some people were kind of hoping it would be someone who maybe has a little more raw acting talent, but maybe not as well known. My thing is... That's weird. Yeah, I don't really get that either. It's My like, thing is don't like... Don't you want the best possible talent? Like, well, well the idea was that like Ruby may not be the best actual talent, but she's a big name. That's the, that's what they're going for. My thing is like, you went for the biggest name who is out as a lesbian, 
but like there are probably other way better lesbian actors is what they're i think mm, the people on twitter's people argument was i don't oh, that's their that's, thing i don't argue against twitter uh <laughs> i'm no i'm just i'm just telling you what the people were saying who were against it yeah, um, that's basically knocking her acting talent like if she's not that good there are better people that don't get it it's like yeah, yeah maybe but they didn't make the cut all right. I mean, my thing is, like, I, I'm want? hoping she read. Like, <laughs> there is part of me that hopes that she read for the role and that they liked what she did a great job. I hope yeah, that it wasn't I, just who's in the lesbian actresses I know, and she was the first person that came to mind. For a lot of people, she probably would be. Uh, so I, I, I don't know what the situation was, but I, I still think that it's, uh, it's an, it's a great sign that they did pick someone who's LGBT. Um, I think Rudy, we have to remember that Greg Berlanti is LGBT himself, right? And he's running this right, project. exactly. So I, I don't so think he, him the I don't think that doubt. he would be, you know, cheap with like that either. That's a very good point as well. So we'll see how that goes. That was big news this week. Um, also this week, Grant Gustin uh, uh, wanting all the smoke from the from his own fans. <laughs> so Gustin this week uh, put out a thing. Is he off Twitter now? Is that was his thing or off Instagram? Delete like everything. Yeah, yeah, well, he, they, he claimed that's what he's gonna do. Yeah, he said he was gonna delete everything on his social media, and he he, he threw an f bomb out at the person who leaked a photo of himself in a costume on set for this new season of The Flash. The Flash apparently will have a new costume. They came out with this picture, and a lot of people were not happy with it, mostly complaining about the fact that he looked extremely skinny in it. As if you see Grant's costume now. I kind of didn't realize it looks more like a jumpsuit almost. And this costume he has now in this picture looks a lot more like a superhero costume. It looks more like there's a shirt and pants that go. It's not just a whole thing that he just zips up. Like the, like the Flash costume now almost looks like a jacket. Yeah. Uh, this was a lot more form-fitting. And because of Grant's figure, uh, people were complaining and did not like the look. There's he a poster on, as well. There's a new post. There's a poster as well. Uh, well, they posted ever since then. They did a poster. And then he he posted a picture of himself yeah. in the costume, which yeah. I think looked much better than yeah. that whatever that that like iPhone three picture that that person put out <laughs> before, where he wasn't apparently wasn't looking. But he put out a thing. He was very angry. He said that he he was upset at the body. That he called the people body shamers who were complaining about how skinny he looked, and uh, and he he threw an f bomb. He said f whoever the person who leaked that. So uh, there you go. Grant very pissed. Kendall, what do you make of this? I, I look, I mean, it wasn't right to get on Grant Gustin, you know, I don't know, look, I don't know, I'm sure he knows everything that was said about him, or he knows all the crazy things that were said about him, I don't know everything that was said about him, so I'm not going to come out and say that he was too sensitive, because again, I don't know everything that was said about him. What I will say is, if the general sense was Grant look, Grant, that Gustin looked too skinny, in the costume, and that the costume didn't look great. Again, it's probably it was probably a much more volatile way that people said that kind of stuff. But if that was the sense, I think I I think using the term body shamer is a little I think it's a little far. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm not maybe I'm not being sensitive enough. But <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I I think calling body shamers. I mean, Gustin. I mean, come on, man. Like he, he looked skinny. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. He looks skinny in the picture. Um, I think the I think the costume designers. I'm not mad at I'm not mad at Gustin. Gustin, you look you can look however you want. He looks fine. He looks fine for three four seasons already. I'm mad at the costume designers for not making a suit that would have better fit Grant Gustin or would have better fit his look and made him look like a better Flash. Right. Um, 
I do think it looks a little better when you see the official releases and not the leaked picture. Um, with that being said, I still don't think it looks great. I, I'm not. I'm again. I'm not mad at Grant Gustin, <laughs> but I see why people would look at that picture. And now, I don't think it's right to attack Grant Gustin after seeing that picture, but I do think it's right for people to look at that picture and be like, "This doesn't look great." Grant Gustin looks too skinny in this in this flash costume. So, Ken, you're not Shemari's having dying. you're not having the body shamer. Right? No, the body shamer stuff. That's a little far. It's a little far. I look at I. I'll take it back only because like I said I don't know everything uh, that was said. I mean, I, somebody was cursing him out, calling him you know a stick figure, blah 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 blah. Then he, that's a little yeah, that is body shaming if you want to call it that. But I don't. That's not uh, the sentiment that I've seen online. Right. I. I mean, Shamari, <laughs> you compose yourself there. I guess I'll. Go first. <laughs> I mean, I. I. I, I kind of lean on what you were saying. I, it's hard for me. It's so weird. I feel a little more comfortable because he, he's a, a another grown man. It's not a woman I'm speaking about. Right. When it comes to body shaming, so and maybe that's not and, fair. And maybe it's not. Maybe that speaks to a double standard that we all should. Uh, acknowledge maybe you'd be feel differently if this was daniel panabaker who was making this statement um and maybe that's not fair as well and maybe that's not fair <laughs> maybe, maybe both ways maybe, maybe all know. maybe all of this is it should be it should be equal on, on all right, maybe everything is screwed i mean i don't know how i feel about this i mean because the thing i thought about immediately when i saw this controversy quote unquote was gal gadot's uh um casting and one of the main controversies, not controversies, yeah, one of the yeah, main yeah. criticisms was she's a very, she was very thin in every role she's been in before. Now, I think she bulked up since then. She's not going to be someone who's broad, but like she clearly got in the gym and put on like 20 pounds of muscle for right. sure for that role. And it wasn't nearly as obvious than the other roles we've seen her where she looked very, very thin to a lot of people. Um, and I'm trying to think like, were we wrong to say that back then? I don't, was I wrong to say that Zachary Levi and Captain Marvel had fake muscles and that that's body that's body shaming body Kendall. shaming that he didn't have the muscles of Henry Cavill? It's a fact. Clearly, they had to give him fake muscles with CGI or pillows in his in his costume. But look, I think Zachary that, Levi would be the first to that. tell you. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, he probably he could have said the same thing. He didn't want to get fired, but and, and I'm sure Levi would tell you. Oh yeah, like. I'm not as big as Henry Cavill. He, I, hey, look, Grant Gustin can vent as much as he wants. That's more power He's to him. He's very upset about this. But <laughs> clearly, hey, look, maybe he has the right to be. But I don't know. But you can. No, you can I, I just, you know, it made me think. Like, were we wrong there? I mean, Gal didn't really say anything about it. I've never heard. I mean, I would actually, if I ever got the chance to interview Gal Gadot, I probably would ask her. Like, if it was this week, I would ask her about that, and if she felt that way. Um... I don't know. It, it kind of made me think about just how we cover everything and, and whether or not we we're kind of doing this right. And, and does Grant have a point? I, I do think that, again, I, you're right in that I can't speak to everything he saw online. But I felt like the majority of the criticisms were not really directed at him for being skinny. I felt like it was just the look. Right. Didn't. No one's Look blaming right. Grant Gustin. No one's saying we got to recast the flag. Right. Yeah. No one. <laughs> no. Uh, no one thought like, "Yo, you need to gain thirty pounds." Like, we, everyone thinks he's a great. No I, one thinks he's I, a bad player. I think there were probably some people that said that, like, "Yo, Grant, you got to bulk up." <laughs> right. But, but, it, but it wasn't. <laughs> there like, are probably some people that said that. But it wasn't. But it wasn't in a way that, like, yo, like, 
you suck. Like, you can't be the Flash because you're weak. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. It was yeah. more like because of this costume, like, yo, fam, like, you gotta bulk up, you gotta yeah, wear this. That's right, right. And, and, and then he flipped out. But, like, I I kind of agree with you. I don't know if I can go as far to say, yo, you a body shaming him. Like, to me, it would be different. Like, if he if he got cast and we saw him, like, yo, this guy's too skinny, like, get him out of here. Like, that's a little different. Like, I feel like Gal would have more of a, a little gripe. Right. You know what I'm saying? If she said, yo, I don't like that people are saying that I'm too skinny for this role, like, yeah, that's body shaming. I'm twisted. I'm torn on it. Because at the same time that you can say it's body shaming, but at the same time you're playing fictional heroes who are very strong. And the uh, the other thing I was going to say is, look, like I'm not, you like, have a job. I'm not casting Fat Joe to be Superman right, right, right. <laughs> in the next Superman movie. It, it, like, you know, like, it, it, if, it, yeah. am I body shaming Fat it, Joe because I don't want him to be right. Kal-El? And, and I was going to say, like, when you have a job and there's a certain performance that you have to meet, <laughs> you're a public figure. For the for Grant Gustin, his job is to look as much like the Flash as he can. And again, I'm not mad at Grant Gustin, but like it's even like an athlete. If an athlete comes in 30 pounds out of shape like, into yo, training camp, and we say this guy looks fat, looks out of shape, is that body shape? <laughs> body- oh no, it means he's underperforming. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not, right, he's not exactly. following what he's supposed to be doing. He's not doing what he's paid right. to do. If there's an actor or actress that is completely out of shape for the role, <laughs> we're going to call her out and be like, she or he looks out of shape. Or, if, like, for example, like, and this was even more maybe uh, insensitive, but, like, I talked about it on this show that, it was, and other people talked about it, it was very clear in Justice League yeah, the times where Affleck was, was, was having issues. <laughs> yeah, because those, those comparison pictures, man. Gained the weight. Trailer. Yeah. It was very obvious that the reshoots and stuff, he looked much heavier. Right. I didn't. I don't. I'm not hating on him for it. <laughs> yeah. It just was what it was. And yeah. it, I wouldn't. It, there, you can you can construe that as <laughs> or misconstrue that as body shaming if right. you, if you choose to. Right. But there's more. Like it goes back to the point, Shamari, and you can finally say something. Yeah. It goes. There's nuance to everything. Grant's very upset. I'm sure there are a couple people who did Cross the clown line. him, but I think the majority of the sentiments. I think. All those people are his fans who love him as the Flash. We hated last season, and we no one was like fire him. Yeah, we all think yeah. he's a great Flash. I think he did a good job last season. And part honestly, part of me wondered if this was him kind of feeling away because people didn't take last season very well. Right, mm-hmm. feeling a little he, pressure. He jumped out the window on this in a way that I did not expect. Feeling yeah. a little pressure. Um. All right, so I gotta jump in on this. Yeah. All right. So one. That photo looks ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just got to say, that photo. <laughs> Your body shaming, Shamari. Oh, I'm a terrible person. Whatever, <laughs> that, that was a horrific picture of Greg Custodesta Flash. <laughs> when Kendall told me about this story, I'm like, what? He's getting mad at people. Why? And then I see the picture. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? That's I can't get mad at people that are. I can't even get mad at people who are clouding this picture because it's it's a terrible. It's a terrible picture. It's a terrible look. I think even he. That's why he got mad at the person that leaked it. Yeah, that's why he's like, 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 whoever leaked leaked this, because I look terrible in this picture. Yeah, you know, and it's just, and it's not him, you know. And I don't think it's he just. With the body shamers thing, I think he's just mad that, you know, that people are pointing out how skinny he looks, you know, in in this picture, and that it's, you know, funny, you know, honestly. Yeah. And, you know, and that's not to say that he's, like, you know, a weird-looking guy or anything. He's skinny. 
You know, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with he's that, got a you know, thin jawline. Yeah, you know, thin facial features. There's nothing wrong with how he looks at all. It's not like he looks weird. Look, and in that costume, and, he am looks I gonna weird. like? And there were signs last season to me where like I don't know if it was in his contract, but to me there were a lot of scenes where he didn't have a shirt on for some reason. Yeah, no problem with them just saying that's what happened. And I know it's like oh he's actually both up because I remember right. season one when he was he was he's Grant Gustin and skinny. You know that Grant Gustin, we all know that. No one that's not I'm not making anything up. He's a thin dude, yeah. and all power to him. I've never had an issue with it, but it's something just I've noticed, and everyone's noticed. And last season, I was like, wow, look at his, like, his body. Like, to me, it was very obvious. I was like, oh, he's bulked up over the last few years. So I don't even think that, like, we all think he's that skinny or too skinny for the yeah, role. It's no. this costume that made people yeah, think that. 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 <laughs> Honestly, I'm more upset at the costume. Right. Where, like, like you were saying, yeah. you know, it's the whoever made You have to understand costume. the person that's wearing the costume. So you got to make it for the person wearing the costume. The first, you know, what, four seasons of The Flash, they got it right. You look fine. He looked fine, even with the different iterations they made updates, yeah. of the costume that they've come out with. It looked good. He looked good as the Flash. <laughs> this picture, he does not look good. Like, as I was telling Shamari when we first found out about this, I was like, they easily could have made Arrow, they could have made Stephen Amell, blonde hair, you know, like Shamari said, with the hat and Yeah, the that's exactly what I said. They could have had him, they, they, like, they're talking about how, you know, this picture, is like, this picture is more like the original Flash, which it is. Um, I was saying, I mean, that doesn't necessarily make it better. They could have had the green arrow with the whole feather yeah. cap and the <laughs> long pointy goatee and, 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 and like the, the, the little black mask. Yeah, yeah. Little black mask. Like we only like, see, the only time we ever see him even look like that is like when he's on the island. Right. And even then, it kind of looks ridiculous. Yeah, he looks like, ridiculous. If exactly. he looked like that for the entire series, you'd be like, this is kind of weird. This is unwatchable. Right. But there's a reason they only tease it because they realize this isn't viable for an entire five, six, seven season. Yeah. So. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think he's. I think you're right, EJ. I think you're on something. I think he's upset about the whole backlash with last season not being that great, you know. And, and he, he and, immediately faces backlash. As yeah, soon as then, anything comes out, and about then the leak comes out, and people are just jumping on him about, right. about how bad it looks, <laughs> how bad last, and people are stressed already stressed. People already stressed out about how bad last season was, right? And then they see this and they're like, "What is this?" Yeah. And then he's just like, "No, I'm done." So I think it just kind of exploded. And is there maybe some? I don't know what the word is. Maybe insecurity about the ability or about the product that they have coming out, or is that a little too hopefully, far to say. Hopefully not. Uh, I, I mean, he's filmed this stuff. He's I, read this. I would. I would argue. I don't know. I would. This argue, doesn't feel like confidence. All I was. All I would say is I think that. <laughs> he's like, we got fires. Yeah. All I would say is I think that the insecurity that's there is. I would say it's more on a product the fact of, of last season. What happened last season? Right. Not necessarily right. what right. they've done. I don't think they did last season knowing it was trash. I just I, I feel like he if, only he, knew, if he after. knew for a fact that this was, that this next season was going to be incredible, I mean, maybe he'd still be you frustrated. Know. But maybe there would be a little more of a like, all right. But I don't know. I mean, now, at the same time, I can understand that like, if you're working your ass off to do a great people season and you think you have great work coming, and they clown you for what you have coming, and it's not how it looks. You weren't not ready for it. You weren't yeah. ready for it. I could see you. After hearing for a year that you're, or three, four months that your last season was trash, I can feel, I can see you feeling a way about it, and that's fine. I just think that I kind of, and part of me kind of feels like I think he kind of was jumping on the bandwagon. Not to keep, I'm keep one hundred. Like I feel like uh, Anna Job had a very similar situation, and and uh, with with the Titan thing, and there were racist and very sexist comments made. And I think he thought, I think there was a, it, this situation is similar, but I think it's, it's different. Because with Anna, 
no nothing about her costume can change the fact that she's black. So when you're making racist comments about her how she looks in a costume, that has nothing to do with the the costume. You know, with these comments, it seemed like everything was more about the costume and how it made Grant look, and not Grant himself. Grant can gain or lose weight if he needed to. So that's where I think that is is different. I think that he kind of jumped on the bandwagon. He's upset about stuff. It's understandable, but at the same time, we keep him 100 on this show. So Grant, we can't ride with you on this one, homie. I'm sorry. <laughs> we, we hope this season's great. We hold the costume. I think the costume actually didn't look that bad in the other the, the photo he took and in the poster. It looked way better than that. So I don't know why that looked so terrible. The other one looks decent. You know, hopefully it's more like what we saw in the last few things that came out. But um, but it comes with the territory, dude. That's all I can really say. The last story, quickly, before we do Luke Cage. Venom will likely not be rated R. Uh, we didn't know what was going to happen. The word earlier was that this was going to be rated R. Then there became kind of question marks, and we heard nothing about it since. There's no word of what the rating is. According to, uh, I think, Variety, who wrote the, who wrote the story, uh, part of it is because they want to give themselves leeway in case they eventually want to include Spider-Man in a movie with Venom. That was kind of surprising. Well, it yeah, shouldn't I mean, be surprising, but it was surprising to me only because their whole their whole like campaign behind this was that this is going to be super edgy and there's no Spider-Man. So the idea that they're holding off on the edginess and violence because they want to do Spider-Man. It shouldn't be that surprising, but just because of what they've told me all this whole time, it was surprising. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that this is the reason. You know, this is what we want. Or, I mean, this is what I want. If they're going to come out with a Venom movie, this is what I want to come out of it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm glad. Um, you know, when I first heard of this, I was like, so are we going to get, like, an ultimate cut or a different cut? Or a director's cut? This is rated R. Is I mean, the, the word that- is that this is going to be hard PG-13, whatever the hell that means. Okay. Um, That makes me think Big that if you, did an, if you did an X... And uh, an exclusive cut that you probably could do something that's more violent. Mm. They're gonna do whatever it takes to get it down. If it's gonna be a radar movie, they're gonna do whatever it takes to get down to PG thirteen. I think that that's a mistake in terms of filmmaking. But what do you think, Kendall? Uh, I I've been on this for a long time, saying that it's felt like a PG thirteen movie. It seemed to make the most sense to make it PG thirteen. The way they marketed it has been a little out there, a little mainstream for me to say that they're going to make this rated R. Because Venom's too popular of a character. Like, he's on video games and stuff. Like, you make him rated R, and you're cutting down a lot of your... a lot of people, a lot of tickets that you could sell. And I don't think it's worth it for Marvel. Or Sony, rather. Um, I don't think anybody's going to not see this movie because it's not rated R. There are going to be some people that are going to boycott say, I needed a rated R Venom. I don't know. I don't know if anyone's. But that's going to be a very. It's not going to be worth it. You know? I don't want to see Venom if he's not <laughs> biting people's heads off or whatever. Like, yeah, exactly. No, that's just. That's a little. So I'm not going to complain. Uh, I, I do wonder if the Spider Man link is trying to bring Spider-Man back to Sony or trying to bring Venom to Marvel? That's the biggest question. That's the question. It, That's the I, I interpret it as they want to see if they can use Spider-Man in the Sony universe. Exactly. Which I'm not... I mean, I'll see it, but I'd rather see it the other way around. I was interpreting it the other way around. You think they're trying to bring Tom Hardy to Marvel? Yeah, I don't think but they're bringing How Tom does that help? It doesn't matter if he's rated R. Sony. If they're bringing it Venom into the MCU. 
Um, I, I mean, mean business. Could, I, I mean, I think it's. I mean, only other than generating more buzz for their character. That, that's that's what I was gonna say. It's just that you know, it's more publicity for. It, it just, probably helps them. And I was thinking, why not like still make? It seems like this is a long game, and like that's a long for you to to sacrifice. Giving us the most raw version of Venom. That seems like a long game to be playing. And I was thinking even more so, like, why not make it... Why would you not make it rated R? Even if the MCs... Even if Disney can do whatever they want with the character. They can do whatever they want with Tom Hardy. I'm still going to make this rated R. If you guys want to tone it down in a Spider-Man movie, tone it down. But I just there's think, still the I think rated like, R Venom. I think it goes back to what I was saying. We I've said a lot on this show. That people aren't following this as close as we are. So if there's a Venom out there who's biting people's heads off, and he's not biting people, then Tom Holland he like is just neutered to, for lack of a better term. I think that it would people would be like, what is going on? Yeah, this isn't a real crossover. Now there would be like a good portion that would know exactly what's going on, but there I think those people would be complaining. I mean, they wouldn't. They would be happy to have Venom, but complaining that he's not as vicious as he was. Yeah, that would be a complaint. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. I still. I honestly still don't know how I feel about this. Because I said, if, if they're doing what Ken was saying, that they're going to go for R and then just say, okay, what do we have to do to tone it down? I just, I don't know. I feel like that, that's pulling punches. They're going to pull punches. Yeah. That was, and that, 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 that to me feels like that's making your, I feel like that's going to make your movie worse if you have to do that. I'd rather you just give me PG-13. You mean give me R? Just no, I know. I mean from the beginning, like oh, just you mean just like don't even, don't, don't go for R and then say okay, we're gonna tone it down and make this as hard as PG thirteen as possible. I think you just go for R, go for PG thirteen to begin with. Just make it whatever. Like I don't know. Yeah, I I mean I I hear what you mean. I mean I think it could still be good. Um, I think it can be too, but it just they're 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 pitching this ultra violent character. If we don't see ultra violence. I think the movie is. I think it's a little weird. Hmm. It's what they're pitching me. If they're telling me something different, then tell me something different. But don't pitch me to a trailer where he's talking about eating people twice, and I'm not gonna see any of it because you're not gonna see that if it's rated R. It's not rated R. I'm sorry. Yeah. So then don't tell me that. Have him just beating the crap out of people, which he does very effectively. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Before we move on to talk about Luke Cage, just a housing housekeeping note. Oren Uzil, I believe, is the man who will be um, writing the Supergirl script. So for those who are wondering, uh, he is the writer for that uh, movie. But before, let's continue the show talking about Luke Cage, season two. We finally got to watch it. Um, I have to say, guys, I was very impressed. I think that this is the best Netflix season of all time <laughs> since <laughs> at least since Daredevil all season Netflix. at least since Daredevil season 2 and I might give this the edge over Daredevil season 2 and then say it's the best since Jessica Jones season 1 which I think that and Daredevil season 1 were the best so far and I think that Luke Cage now is in that class right there this season 2 um, I think it was great I think that they did a great job um, keeping the villain alive throughout the entire season. Last year, they had that massive mistake of bringing in Diamond back, and that was ended up being just not a very wise move considering how great Cottonmouth was. And not only did they keep Bushmaster involved, and he was a very entertaining villain throughout for me, they enhanced Mariah. And 
now you end up having two very strong villains, whereas before you had one extremely strong villain that they got rid of, and then they kind of had to slowly kind of try to build up Mariah, and then had Dimebag just coming out of nowhere, just slicing people up out of nowhere, and it didn't really work that well. So the villain thing they got right completely, um, I think kind of handling Luke's inner demons and how they kind of dealt with that through his father, through Claire, um, and then how that how they kind of dealt with it by the time they got to the end of the season, I think all worked out really well. I think it was a very well-crafted season. I think that there were so many very high moments. I think episode 9 of Luke Cage is, is uh, this season is arguably up there as one of the best episodes Which Netflix episode has a problem. That was the episode where Mariah has her um, her like monologue with Nightshade. Where she talks about why she killed Cornell. Oh, right, right, right. That's some of the best acting. That scene is oh, some of the best okay. acting we've seen in anything on you know, Netflix, yeah, for you sure. Could, you mean Tilda? Right. Yeah, he called her Nightshade. Well, like, she is Nightshade. In the show, I'm like, <laughs> I think I'm thinking in my head of like about what she say about Nightshade. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah. No, she tried to talk to Nightshade, who was Tilda. Right. right. Um, that and then episode ten, the following episode was also incredible. Those two episodes, I think, are just crazy. Those are two like outstanding episodes, and um, and I just I I, I feel like the show has has hit a has hit a peak. I'm glad that they have, um. Even seeing how they moved over shades through this season between the stuff with Comanche and then later on, how kind of how he saw the kind of the the stuff unraveling with Mariah slowly. And he you see him throughout the season try to make moves to try to halt it, and every time he seems to even dip himself into even more trouble. I, I just love this story. I loved everything that that kind of encompassed everything. So I thought this was a fabulous season. Shamar, what did you make of the season two of Luke Cage? I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was um, better than season one. I didn't think I was going to say that. Um, but I ended up saying it by the end of the season. I thought it was better than season one. I do agree. I think it's one of the... It's definitely up there with the best of the Marvel Netflix seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it's probably on par with Daredevil season two and The Punisher. I think those are the those are the other two that I think are in the same in the same class. You think... But do you think those are the two best seasons? I or- like Daredevil season one. Okay, um, so you're saying one is still in this class of its own for you? Yeah, for me. Even what about Jessica Jones in that? Jessica Jones was oh, that's a that's a good point. I think because Jessica Jones, Jones is is I think Jessica Jones is like a notch below them, which just is saying in the same class as kind of Luke Cage season one, which isn't bad. Marvel Netflix like, and then Iron Fist is below that, right? But like. It's none of that is bad, right? You know, yeah, yeah. But it's just like ranking them. Yeah, you know. But, but yeah, I thought this season was was great. It was it was very very well done. I loved Bushmaster. I loved um, uh, what's that gang's name? The the, the Stylers. Yeah, the Stylers. Yeah. I love the Stylers. Yeah, they were crazy brutal. Uh, you know, came out of left field yeah. for everybody. I love it when there's a crazy gang that came out of nowhere. And no one knows what's going on. Yeah, yeah, that was that was really well done. Mariah was crazy in this season. She was just crazy. She just her craziness just went up. Yeah, Alfie Woodard did an unbelievable job in that role. Yeah, she did season. a fantastic job, and the craziness just was ramped up from last season, which by the end of last season we we knew she was crazy. Um, and uh, yeah, all the drama, all the drama surrounding, like you mentioned, uh, Tilda and Mariah. 
another another piece of drama was just the drama between the Stokes and and the MacGyvers. Yeah, yeah. You know, like just this the that bad blood <laughs> between those two families. Yeah. You know, and it's just, uh, oh boy, it was, it was a lot. There was a lot going on this. It's funny you mentioned that, Sharon, because I felt like this ep- this season of of Luke Cage was very influenced by Game of Thrones, actually. Really? When you think about kind of the family dynamic, being the king, kind of like maneuvering themselves as the power struggle of Harlem, when it, you know, early on the Puerto Ricans were involved until, you know, you know, uh, Shades, you know, off all of them, mm-hmm. and then you know, then the Italians came in late, and the Chinese came in with their drugs. Mm-hmm. Then, like you know, always everyone kind of positioning and battling, and the families that were involved in positioning and battling. It reminded me a lot of Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and bringing that to the bringing that to regular life in Harlem, mm-hmm. and then uh, the way Mariah is killed is straight from Game of Thrones. It's straight from uh, you know a lot of not, what's her name. Is her name a lot of what's, uh, well, Elena, uh, the 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 daughter of Lannister, how she was killed by, uh, one of the the Sand Mother. Oh yes, that yeah. it's it's the exact same thing, the poisonous kiss, and like, I felt like that wasn't by accident. I feel like this. After we talked to the show creator, I bet you that he was influenced by Game of Thrones and how he did this, but it didn't feel like he was ripping Game of Thrones. It just you could see the nuance, the nuance influences that I thought were really well done. Mm. That's an interesting point. I didn't think about that. Um, yeah, I think you definitely see the similarities. Uh, I mean, I think it was just, I think, I think, um, yeah, I think you could definitely see that they were trying to make it definitely like a power play. Like that's, it, it was almost, uh, uh, it was like a, for me, it was kind of like a gangster movie. Yes. You know, with like just the, the different people. And you can see the, God, the Godfather influences within this movie a lot as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, show. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's, um, yeah, w- wherever the influences came from, it actually, it was executed beautifully. <laughs> Kendall, what'd you make of season two? Is it a clean sweep here? Um, I think season two certainly was strong. I agree that I think season two was better than season one. Um, season one, it dipped too much at the end for me to say that it was better than season two, where season two was... Season two got better. Yes. I, I think season two just got better. Um, once we started to understand the story better, because remember, I mean, we had reviewed like the first half of the season, and like we talked about at the time how the McIver um, Stoke storyline was kind of still mysterious. We didn't really care for it that much. It yeah. was like we don't feel the same angst that, or we don't understand the angst that. Cause they really didn't explain it. We were trying to, we were trying to explain it on the show that it was something, the was a deal that somebody buggy, got buggy Stokes. Yeah, buggy Stokes yeah. messed up. You know, grandpa, grandpa Stokes. You know, he messed up grandpa McIver, and you know they 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 were at war, and someone died, and yeah, someone burned, took the money. Burned, burned, killed the family, burned down the farm. Yeah, exactly. I, don't, I didn't. I didn't even know all that. Like, I feel like I didn't remember. He might have said it. He did say, talk yeah, about it, but, but like, I like, it, it, when you see it, it's like, yeah. oh, now I see, like, what he was talking about. Right. You know, a lot of, especially, I mean, look, no no offense, but the accent also, even with the, even with the subtitle, you're not going to catch every line. <laughs> you might get the gist of what he's trying to say, but you're not going to catch every line word for word. Um, but when they show the flashbacks, I mean, that episode where they go back to Kingston was incredible. That was another, I think that was 11. Um, I mean, that, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I felt like nine through, like, 
Or am I eleven and twelve? That might am in twelve. I felt like that patch was just I, I you couldn't stop watching. It was so yeah. engaging. Um but yeah, I mean th- those those episodes were extremely strong. Um the I mean when I, if I go character by character, I, th- I thought Shades was good this season. I agree. I thought Shades was really good. I thought um you know I thought Bushmaster as a villain. If we want to talk about best Marvel Netflix villains, he's up there with anybody, I think. Um, because I mean, Cottonmouth is also very high, but he was only half season, right? So that's this, he's automatically gonna be Doctor Point. And besides him, we're talking Kingpin and Purple Man's up there. Yes, definitely. Um, and I, I think that might be it. In terms of, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I count Punisher. Or the, yeah. Like even him, like only it wasn't like a full season where I felt like oh he was the villain. Yeah. You know, so I would put Bushmaster maybe right behind those two guys. Um I would I think I would too. You know, in terms of the acting, uh in terms of the the presence, the threat. Um uh, and look, I'm generally not a fan of copycat villains and but they tried they made Bushmaster a, essentially a copycat villain of Luke Cage, but they did it in a way that made perfect sense. That didn't feel like they just made another Luke Cage, and and the and the Bushmaster character in many ways is a copycat villain, and right, they right. they nuanced him in a way that made it work. You know, right. they made it to where he wasn't his skin wasn't unbreakable, but like he had this, he used this herb. He could, he yeah, he that, could that, that made himself more less susceptible yeah. to damage. He could be considered bully, bully right? Exactly. Right. He could he could he could sustain damage and heal. He yeah, had, basically had a healing factor right. essentially. Yeah. Um, the way his fighting style was like just completely he had that Kapora fighting style that when he fought Luke Cage it didn't feel like Luke Cage was fighting himself which yeah. in some ways it did when he tangled with uh, yeah, Diamondback. Diamondback this felt like he's, he's fighting a guy who's very strong he's Diamondback he had the stupid suit and he just had the, all yeah. this guy yeah, exactly. this guy had martial arts abilities and they displayed it very well in those fights yeah. I think there are several fight scenes that could be in the running for a Jenny best fight scene of the year and in and, this uh, in this season, and he he has a backstory because without the backstory, I don't think his character is good. But when you throw in where he comes from, we get that idea. When you th- add in the characters, his supporting characters around him, his family and stuff, and that dynamic, you really get to see the full Bushmaster, um, and that I think elevates him even more. Yeah, because sometimes we see these villains, you know. They're just angry. They're just angry people. And you know, just, they hate people. They hate everyone. Hate everyone. Yeah, and it's like, you know, or like, even with Kingpin, he had, you know, Vanessa and his mother. And it was like, all right. We never see his mother. And, you know, the Vanessa thing happened and then, you know, he snapped. You know, like, but this was like, oh, we got a real, we saw like his actual family. We right. saw his, why he's, he, he is, the why, why he is the way he is. Um, I thought they did a good job with it. And, you know, when... Um, Luke Cage protected was it his aunt? Yeah, Ingrid. Yeah, Ingrid yeah. protects Ingrid, and you know, Bushmaster was yeah, appreciative of that. Yeah, he was like you know, because you see even in the flashbacks like how close he was to his family. Yeah, yeah. and and that, that he wasn't like a complete family. psycho. Yeah, he wasn't completely off the yeah. end. Like he just wanted revenge. He wanted to take everything yeah. that was taken from his family. Yeah, that was. But he's like he's like a hero over there. Exactly. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that 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 that, that nuance to him worked well. Because I think again, when you saw Luke Cage help his family and how he 
he he kind of wanted to to end the issue with Luke Cage, and several times he kind of tells him, "Look, dude, I don't really want to fight you. Yeah, like you're very difficult just to get defeat. Out the way, yeah. Please right. just let me move on. I won't even deal with you. Let me just take on Mariah and just finish this." And then that that dynamic was a very huge theme the entire season was Luke and his necessity of having to protect Mariah. Yeah. You know, we saw it a little bit at the end of last season with having to figure out how to deal with Diamondback. And this year, Mariah kind of taunts him with that, especially over the second half of the season, about how, you know, she saves him from the burning building. And ever since then, it's kind of him having to get in the way of Bushmaster getting to Mariah. And that being a dynamic. And, you know, is he doing it surely, surely, purely because of just it being the right thing to do? Or is there some kind of... Uh, ulterior motive you know we don't think there is but like just that kind of theme i thought also mm-hmm. worked well and it came very well full circle when you see mariah gave him the cardinal's paradise All right um so a few things i want i want to touch on with you guys what did you guys think of misty night this season i thought misty was awesome just as good as not better i think yeah i thought misty was i mean misty is showing to be a just a a He's such a strong, yeah, supporting I mean, I'm, character. Simone Mystic is great. I'm thinking she could be supporting character. Jenny, Jenny, uh, at the very least, a nominee. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, the acting. I, I, I mean, her, Simone Mystic's acting, yeah. like just, and it's like just little things with her. Just like the way she can give a little attitude and a certain answer, the way she rolls her eyes. Just like there's very small, great nuance in Mystic's, uh, you know, portrayal of that role. That it's so easy to like just enjoy. Her doing that, and I think that I thought that they let Misty throw hands a lot more in this season than he did in last season, where of course he's kind of you know like all cops just chasing after everyone and being a step slow here because she's kind of you know in the beginning kind of working almost off the books because she's doing stuff that they don't have to do. She ends up having to actually fight and you know fight people. I think you saw her. I thought also in some really good fight scenes as well. So I thought Misty was outstanding, Sham. Man, yeah. Kendall agrees. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I mean, I think she is could potentially just win a, a Jenny for best supporting. I agree character. with that. I mean, she was spectacular this season. Um, also, wants to touch on the uh, the uh, heroes for hire we got. Yes, this season with Iron Fist. I mean, I thought I thought that episode was uh, I thought that episode was great too, and could also be a Jenny nominee. I mean, I love that episode. Yeah, that episode was perfect. Yeah, was cool. I mean, that episode felt straight out of a. Power Man and Iron Fist comic book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the dialogue and kudos to the showrunners of of Luke Cage for directing Finn the way they did in that episode. Because that mm-hmm. Finn Jones portrayal of Iron Fist, Danny Rand's character, is not something we'd ever seen him do. It was he it, was it was, he almost, was like it was like a rebooted character. It was almost jarring. Yeah. Watching <laughs> even when he first got on the screen. But then they, they acknowledged it. Well, I'll give them right. credit for it. They did. At first I was watching this, I'm like this is different, man. <laughs> like, it, I was, it, it was just weird. And then, like, you know, Luke Cage says, like, what's up with you? Why You, why, you seem different or something like that. And I'm like, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm calm now or whatever. I'm right. like, yeah, there we go. At least they acknowledge the fact that they wrote him totally different than the way he was <laughs> in the original. Yeah, because it was, it was, so, it was, I agree, it was Because usually he's bouncing off the walls, you know. Very angry, very, you know, like, you know. Super impulsive. Yeah, like, yeah very, whi- very whiny. Yeah, yeah. He was just, he so was chill. Iron Fist. Yeah. Like, he, like the Iron Fist character that who he's supposed to be, that was that character. And to see him like that was so awesome. And you just shake your head. Like now, what were they doing in that first season were, of Iron Fist? Do, do we think that that came from 
like is there is that was that like Jeff Loeb and the 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 top people saying like we want this to be the new way that we take Iron Fist and they infor- and they introduced it on Luke Cage right. or or is this coming from the Iron Fist season two people are saying this is where we're going with the character so we might want to do this or do you think that this was the Luke Cage people saying this is the only way this this character fits into our show and this is how we think that he should be so it's like impossible yeah it's impossible to, to tell no i don't know yeah um, you feel shame if you have yeah no i don't know either because you know it could go it could go any of those ways regardless um, but I think, there is a change even clearly. if there was a directive from higher ups to make the iron fist character act like that it still takes great execution from the yeah. direction and from finn jones mm-hmm. he deserves a lot of credit too because he was given totally different direction in two seasons, because it wasn't just Iron Fist, he was better in Defenders, but he was the same kind of character. He, was he just wasn't as j- annoying, and and I think he played well off of those other three yeah. characters who were a lot more laid back. So it, it actually kind of worked that he was how he was a little bit in Defenders. This he couldn't be that way in this episode. That would that episode would not have been as fun. And it's crazy. Okay, I agree. I mean, Kendall's saying that could be a Jenny nominee, and like a Shamari saying that could be a Jenny nominee, and it wasn't like the episode had massive ramifications. Was that the episode when when the Mariah did like ice everyone in the episode at the end? Right? Was that how no. that? No? no, the episode just ended with them in the Chinese restaurant. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, so that episode didn't like have like. No, you know what it was. Cause that then, was because then the next episode, that, Luke like finds comes back. Yeah. With him, I kind of like, was wondering what? like, oh, is this like, is like, is Danny gonna keep? Yeah. Help him. I was kind of hoping he would because that's how good he was. Yeah, they were at the Chinese restaurant, and that's when the other thing happened. Right. Yeah. I'm kind of like, yeah, that in that episode, even though that was a consequence of late, a lot of it is kind of just like fun, fun filler, you yeah. know? Like nothing crazy happens, and they still made it work great. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, I'm, I mean, I'm certainly interested to see where Iron Fist Season 2 goes um, and how that character develops. Just hopefully it doesn't go backwards. That's the only concern. I'm, I'm hoping we get a Luke Cage cameo in Iron Fist Season 2. I mean, do we want to see a Iron Fist and Luke Cage heroes for higher show? I want to see. To me, that was like the pilot for it. I'd rather. That was your, I would that was rather your, see. That was think, your Power Man and Luke and Iron Fist pilot. I think there's almost a higher chance that we get a Misty Knight, Colleen Wynn show. Daughters of the Dragon? Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. I mean, their tandem in the season was. You can call that. That was also really good. You can call them heroes for hire as well. And they have been heroes for hire. Yeah, I mean, I think their tandem works just as well. It seems like they're moving Misty, though, along the routes of her being a very high ranking member of the NYPD. I don't know where that. (laughs) That could always fall through. They always just. You know, something could happen. I don't know who the villain is. She might get fired by all for all But first, she's talking (laughs) about being the captain of the police precinct, and now. And then she's saying, oh, you could be commissioner one day. I mean, look at. If you ever watch Gotham, I mean, you know, Jim Gordon, one day he's not a cop. The next he's, you know, you know, a step away from being commissioner. Yeah, the next day he's a bounty hunter. Yeah, you know, and the next day he's back off the force. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's true. Let's hope they don't do that to so, me. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the ending. What do you guys make of how they ended it? I thought this ending was unbelievable. Like, I, to me, like, I, like that last scene, I'm watching it and I'm like. The last couple of scenes, really, yeah. I'm like, this can't be the end of the season like that's how good it was to me how they set up everything yeah it was it was, it was shakespearean i can't man. wait to <laughs> i don't i can't think of another yeah, word i mean i can't wait to and i don't i don't i can't remember the last time i watched a episode of a season 
of a show, any show even. And, and and I'm like, yo, I cannot. Next season has to happen now. Like, I guess maybe the last season in Game of Thrones. But this was just like, I mean, I almost like the whole thing of yeah. Luke Cage being the kingpin of New York or oh, Harlem yeah. Yeah. is not something I expected. Definitely reminds me of the Shadowland storyline with Matt running the hand. Um, but I just think it, it creates so many interesting avenues. Her, his relationship with Misty, how he manages. Like, I mean, him and Sugar are like, they're like maneuvering, like, you know, deals that I, I can't be 100% legal. Like, and this is someone who was an ex-con. I mean, how, how much is he willing to break the law and put himself at risk? And... You know, what does it mean that he's, like, now the owner of this establishment that has just been a, a, a haven of crime? Of crime? Uh-huh. It's yeah. crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, it's a really good ending. You know, I was, I'm watching, I'm like, wow, this is very interesting. <laughs> I want to see where this leads. You know, because, like, now he's, like, the king of Harlem. Now he has Harlem's Paradise. I mean, he has Sugar. You know, he's not with Claire anymore, I guess, because he's just like... He told Claire to, to kick rocks. Yeah, yeah he's, like, <laughs> that was crazy. He's, like, he's like, I don't want you to be involved in this kind of thing. Like, it's very interesting. And, and I'm wondering how this is going to affect the rest of the Netflix universe. You know, I mean, what about Defender... I mean, I don't know if we're going to get Defender Season 2, but like... Well, like, what about any kind of... What if... How is he going to cross over with any other... Any of the other uh, Defenders? Yeah, like, this can't help... This can't help his relationship with the other defenders. Yeah, I mean, he's a kingpin. He's a, <laughs> yeah, a criminal kingpin now. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, this is going to have big ramifications. No, yeah, I mean, part of me is like, part, I, it, that, that, those last, like, ten minutes of that episode were so good that I was like, I don't want to see anymore. Like, because I know. <laughs> you don't feel like part, it was, like, I'm watching like, too much of, a, of, like, a trailer. No, well, it's more like, you know, like. I know they're gonna. I feel like they're gonna mess it up. You know, oh, I feel like no, it can I, only get. It can. It was so good. Like it only come down. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> you know. Hopefully they don't. Hopefully they surprise me. But um, no, nah, it was it was incredible, man. Um, that was some of the best uh, setup of any season finale I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Um, setup for next season. Setup the infrastructure of the show. I mean, you start off with, you know. Mariah Diller being killed off by her own daughter, and then, but then her having the, the uh, what should we call the it, will. the deed, the will, the will set up for uh, Tilda to get Cottonmouth's piano, <laughs> and then for what should we call the Harlem's Paradise, which is hilarious. Um, it's crazy how Tilda at that point turned because she had nothing for a whole time, had nothing to do with Harlem's Paradise, but when she decided to embrace who she was, she was rejected. Yeah, like there's a lot of great like storytelling with that the whole season she rejects the stokes and then finally she embraces she says she's ready to embrace the stokes when she goes to cornell's um uh grave site and then she's rejected like that's just like and that and then you see that anger in her it makes perfect sense everything was worked out so well yeah um yeah i don't know i think that that season the way it ended off i think better than any of these netflix series have done um i agree with you on that it and but and uh, what what also made it so good was that I feel like there were no characters that I felt made a dumb move, made the wrong move. It was it all made perfect sense did. from everyone's perspective. The only character I thought was a little, no, nah, I can't even say because initially I thought that DW was wild a little bit. Where he was like, "You gotta get get out of here," 
or whatever. I was like, but then it was, the more he talked about like, you know, like, oh, you can't be doing deals out of here and stuff. Like, you know, like I said, it's supposed to be Switzerland. Then I, I sort of understood. Like, and right. I think when you see the visual of Luke in a in a suit in that night, it would have fit. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. kind of sneaking. Him and Tucker kind of, you know, sneaking questions or, or comments about whatever they're trying to. You kind of understand DW once you kind of see yeah, it. He, I, yeah. I agree. You first watch it, like, damn, DW, really? You yeah, he turned on him quick. like that. Yeah. But then when you <laughs> see what Luke Cage is potentially involved in, you're like, oh, well, I can kind of understand now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when you see Ben Donovan show up, you know, we got a we got a deal we got to discuss, and yeah, you know, it looks like oh, not here. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. Cause you know if he, if he starts that, then everyone's gonna start pulling up the pops and it's gonna be a hot spot. And, exactly. Um, but yeah, that last scene where they're in Harlem's Paradise is is incredible. Uh, shout out to uh, our mom. She pointed out how there's a scene in The Godfather where uh, I don't, I don't remember exactly which characters. Cause I haven't seen the movie, but there's a scene essentially where it's the same. The scene basically in Luke Cage where uh, Luke is talking to Misty Knight. And you know, Suge walks in and he's got a. He tells her to go, and Misty's looking through the door, and they close close the door. That's the same thing from The Godfather that happened. And obviously, they took that straight from The Godfather. And that that scene where I watched it, I was like, "Yo, man, that's that's crazy." Yeah, like you know, Luke, you know, Misty doesn't know what's happening. She knows something bad can't be nothing good. He'd be happening just saying, "Oh, you got to go." But yeah, that's this season. Season three is setting up to be really good because. Because the one thing I was wondering was, look, what are you going to do when Bushmaster's gone? Well, he's not gone completely. They didn't kill him, which was which smart. Was very smart. Um, but what are you going to do post-Bushmaster and post-Mariah Stokes and uh, Cornell Stokes? Now they set up, we have, well, we have all these other groups that we've kind of been teasing that were bigger. The Italian, than, the Italians. Yeah, the Italians. And, the Carbone. Miss Carbone. Yeah, the Carbone. Seems and, to be... Like she'll be a factor. Um, well, the, the, the Japanese, I, I believe, have a yeah, have well, a stake, and you know, there were, a, I mean, a, a couple of different groups. Yeah, yeah, it, they have a lot. Yeah, they have the these names. Brother, yeah, yeah, the, the guy's brother. The guy's brother, brother guy. was there. Yeah, um, in that collaboration. And then also to end it off with, you know, Rock him. Oh you know, yeah, jamming the, out the guy, the guy making MC. making a, a Luke Cage song that was. Mm-hmm. That was also pretty lit. Yeah, yep. got him. Z Rock him, and then shout out to DW also because like I thought that that actually was an underlying really cool thing to see that like that's like the black business glow up that you saw in these last two seasons. The guy who was selling you know bootleg tapes yep. on the corner now owns a barbershop. That's yep. you know a, a hub for that neighborhood. And like I think that's kind of great to visually see that 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 guy who's hustling is now. Is not only not one legitimate. like legitimate and owns a business, but then also is pushing away illegal business from people who helped him make money. Mm-hmm. He made money off Luke Cage, yeah. And he's like, no, I now I have nothing to do with you because I'm trying to now be legit with this real business that yeah. you know is a staple in the neighborhood. So I thought that was a is a weird way to end, I guess, yeah. discussion of Luke Cage. But I thought that was a really cool thing to see that him come up like that because he was way more of a factor in this season than he was in season one. Season one, he kind of was just like a throwaway, like kind of joke. But yeah. now this season, he was like almost like a regular, and I enjoyed him throughout the entire mm-hmm. season. Lastly, uh, so uh, what are we giving this a rating out of out of ten, Shawn? Uh, I give it an eight point seven. I thought it was really good. I I very much enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I I liked it more than the last season. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't perfect. That's why I can't go nine or above. Sure. You know, um, 
but I, I enjoyed it a lot, so I'd give it an 8.7. What are you, Kendall? Uh, first half, I'd give 7.5. Second half, I'd give it a 9. Um, so do the math. out to like an 8.3, Yeah, you can do the math if you want. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I'd say that makes about sense. I don't know if that's better or worse than what I had season one. Yeah, I, got, I don't know what my rating was in season one after watching it. Probably bring it down after um, seeing this. Yeah, I, I agree. I probably would probably bring it down after I saw this. Uh, I, 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 I'd see, like, oh, well, season it fell apart so much at the end. Yeah. Compared to, like, this, like, getting better, I can, yeah. I want to, I'll go 8.8. I'll go 8.8. I, I want to go 9 so bad. Uh, the only so old, DJ. The only thing that's stopping me is that, I mean, there really wasn't anything I can say, oh, I did not like. I just think that it clearly was building and building and building, and it just got red hot at the end. Don't think about when you build the season the way it did is that it's, it's a slower build. You know, If there was anything I'd say maybe I wasn't that crazy about, I mean, I think the Claire drama, I don't know if I was... In Claire drama, I wasn't. I wasn't I feeling that much. Uh, it felt like, if, if there was anything I would say, it felt like they were trying to get her off the show. Um, she didn't want... She wanted to be off the show. Uh, Rosario says that she wants to spend more time with her family, which is, of course, understandable. So, and she she's very committed to Marvel so far. She's been in every series. So, she's more committed than anyone, really. So, I understand the lack of timing she's had, so... I get that, but because of that, and it kind of set up this thing where before the season, last seasons of the show, whether it be Luke Cage or uh, Defenders, they set up that romance. They kind of had to quickly tear it down. I think it kind of looked like they were quickly trying to tear it down in ways that probably didn't make that much sense. So that was probably the only thing I didn't like that much. Uh, so maybe that would bring it down a little bit for what kind of hurt this, the build up in the beginning. Part of me want, feels like it does eventually set up that eventual union of Jessica and Luke. Because that was always the thing was Clara was in the way of that if that ever was going to happen. Now that she's gone, and Jessica certainly teased that in the last their last get-together in, um, Defenders. in Defenders, that now clears the way for that to potentially happen at some point if that does happen. Also, I want to give a shout-out to Reggie Cavett. I thought he was spectacular in this season. Yeah, I didn't know either. I was very sad to see at the end of the season that he passed away. Yeah, I, I I knew he did. I remember finding that out earlier this year and being like, wow, you know, but I forgot. And then, you know, I watched the season and I was like, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he did a good job, too. Yeah, he did a very good job in this season. Yeah, definitely RIP to him. He did unbelievable work. I agree. I thought that the Luke Cage father character. Yeah. I, I think been bad. just like this whole season got so much better. Yeah. Early on, I was kind of wasn't, I was like, okay, I'm going to see how this goes. He was very one note. Like, like you suck. Stop giving me grief for my mistakes. But like kind of seeing him grow, like that character yeah. grew in his time in Harlem. And I think that was kind of awesome to see that like, you know, he came up to Harlem to be with his son and he kind of saw the error of his ways and how they both kind of saw the error of their ways and then eventually came together. I mean, they've seen, again, that nine, episode nine, I think is just, there's so many great things. And that them sitting in that, you know, ambulance, kind of going over everything and him being so proud of his son. Uh, I just thought those were some of the best moments. So uh, definitely shout out to him and R.I.P. Because he did an unbelievable performance. I guess that probably was his last major performance uh, before he passed. So 
RB to him. Congrats to the, all the staff and crew uh, at Luke Cage uh, season two. They did an unbelievable job. They deserve a lot of credit. But that's going to wrap up this very long episode of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to check out all of our shows on New Generation Podcast Network on SoundCloud and iTunes. Follow us on Stitcher. Follow us on uh, Facebook, New Generation Media. Follow us on Instagram, at New Generation Podcast. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, uh, follow us on Twitter, at New Generation Pod. Follow me on Twitter, at EJ underscore Stewart. And on Instagram, at Action EJ. Follow Shamari on, Action, on, uh, on Snapchat and Instagram, MCSham22. That does it for now. We'll be back next week with more Hero Talk with Shamari Fakendo. I'm EJ. Peace.